What's up, y'all? Kingston here. Funky, funky, funky. Today on the Greenlight Podcast, Macon and Chris say hello and give their two big things. Then the guys play Thursday Night Time Machine and preview the Sunday slate. Stick around for a fun interview with Cowboys wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Enjoy. Altoona, PA. Hello. Why? Why? Uh huh. Remember that receiver, um, uh, Mark Duper? No. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, Tech I don't. Mobile. I don't. Yeah. Oh, Tech Mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy from Altoona. No, I don't think he has any relationship <laughs> to Alrighty. Altoona, PA. Okay. I thought you were taking a side in the Sheets Wawa debate. That's the corporate home of Sheets. Oh, is that the corporate home of Sheets? Isn't that funny that everybody in Pennsylvania loves Wawa, and I don't know where Wawa is headquartered, but Pennsylvania is the home of Sheets, and I decided on my trip from the river last week when we stopped at uh, Sheets. I didn't even know we were in Sheets, honestly. I love Sheets, so yeah. I'm on the Sheets side of things. Yeah. Um, Wawa apparently has its own city name. They're in Wawa, Pennsylvania. Okay, Greater Philadelphia. I understand why people in Philly go with Wawa. I was starting to make a joke that didn't come together concerning wide receivers. There was, a great, finish it there was a great receiver for the Jets named Al Toon uh-huh. from Newport News, Virginia. Yeah. Al Toon of Pennsylvania. You got it. Yeah. Several famous people of of uh, varying notoriety from Altoona. I thought you were going to say several people might have gotten that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that joke. Because <laughs> it's, it's not true. I was going to say Mark Duper. Yeah. And then I thought maybe somebody would be like, you mean, you mean Al Toon? Yeah, Al Toon. Dolphins, yep. Dolphins uh, Super Tech Mobile. Right. Yeah. But that's not the joke. The point of the joke is... We're going to laugh line. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> Layup line today. It's the it's uh it's uh the the theme song from Limitless by Paul Leonard Morgan. Megan, I don't know if I've told you this. I've kept this a secret from you, but this is day two for your boy on Adderall. Wow, uh-huh. nice. Yeah, and so just a little background. And I know, like sharing shit like this, some people. It's going to turn into WebMD in the comments. People are going to be like, this is what you're going to expect. This is what happened to me. It is not a well-tolerated drug. You know, like shit like that. I'm not going to listen to you. I believe medication works different for everybody. Okay, why I got here. Uh, I am diagnosed ADHD. I have struggled with it my whole life. Uh, I've done a good job of like, I don't know, keeping the, the ship afloat. And, you know, sometimes you're swimming a lot harder under the surface than it appears, uh, you know, on the surface, that whole duck thing. So I just got tired of it. And honestly, with three kids now and the job needing a lot more detail-oriented attention, uh, I said, fuck it, I'll try. You know, I got a low dose of the extended release. And yet, yeah, for some people, this much might be TMI, but I want to let you guys in on this because, like, for me... So far, so good. 
Are you filling out like blue books and shit? You're doing the SATs and whatnot? No, I thought like I woke up yesterday so nervous because part of the, the reason that I've always been resistant to taking like medication or anything like that was because I didn't want to lose like my true self. I didn't want to feel like I wasn't myself. And I'm also afraid of like seeing the world through everybody else's lenses. Uh, speaking of that, shout out to uh, the gal who sent us some lenses from Nashville. Jennifer, thank Jennifer. you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. We love you, Jennifer. Thank you. Um, I, I never want to like get a, a peek into what perfect looks like and then have to lose it for some reason. Like maybe I didn't tolerate the medication well, or you know, I've heard that you 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 might it might wear off a little bit, and then you got to up your dosage. Like I'm still nervous about all that stuff, but I can honestly say yesterday was a pretty illuminating day. It was it, it was subtle. It didn't change my personality. It didn't change who I was. Like I don't think you guys thought I acted any, any differently. But like we pretty got focused in, on those game breakdowns. We got in here and fucking <laughs> broke down games. You were here earlier. We got in here and broke. Well, part of the reason for that is like Tuesday's getting easier, so I'm not up till three a.m. You were on Tuesdays. You were pretty on the, kind. Was I kind? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think of it like a windshield. I'm not usually kind, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse, let me tell you. Um, I think of Adderall as like so far a windshield for my thoughts. You know, like it just deflects all the stuff that usually is constantly competing with whatever I need to get done. The problem with ADHD is you walk into a room and there are 14 things pulling at you. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's exacerbated because of like who I am here and like who I am at home. And just, you know, I have an inability to say no. So I always. You know this. One day you showed me a, a picture and you and it said uh, you can't be everything to everybody all the time. And I was like, oh, that's that's yeah, that's, that's true. Um, I'm not saying that's what made me take Adderall, but I last night got home, thought it had worn off. I went out to the porch. I had heard that Adderall negates the effects of marijuana, and I didn't even crave it yesterday because usually, you know, smoking a, a cone for me is a way to 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 zone everything else out. It's imperfect. It's not the perfect way to do it, but it's worked for me. Uh, I get home and I'm like, okay, it's worn off because they say this extended release is like eight hours. I go out on the porch at 10 o'clock to, to roll up some Blue Dream and uh, I'm hitting like half the cone and I'm thinking, oh, fuck. Two things I realized. Number one, people might be right because I'm not high. And number two, this stuff is still kicked in at 10 o'clock at night. How am I going to sleep? Well, two minutes later... The buzz crept in and it felt like I was high on HD. Like I told this to Matt last night, I felt like I've been a MacBook Pro my whole life on like seven brightness yep. and they turned it up to 10. I walked in the house, I laid down with the dog who usually lately I don't want anything to do with and I'm petting the dog, black or uh, chocolate lab by the name of Willie. I got a brown hooded sweatshirt on and when I tell you this familiar feeling hit me, but I haven't felt it in a long time. And I don't know if it's just like the amount of things I've been juggling in my life for the longest time or my thought patterns getting to where they've gotten, but I was able to focus in on the dog. Mm. The dog was the same color as my hooded sweatshirt and I was just checking that out. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like I would never just check that out. Yeah. I just sat there, I had no, nothing. I, I walked in my closet and usually my closet bothers the hell out of me. It's disorganized. The flannels are here. The suit jackets are here. It doesn't, it's it's not up to my standard. I'm I'm constantly dissatisfied with my closet. I walked in making and I was like, I have the perfect closet. Wow. <laughs> like, without adjusting anything. Without adjusting anything. 
And I think for me, what it might do, now I understand it's the first couple of days and people say like the euphoria of it wears off and all that stuff, but I'm on a pretty low dose. And I'm sensitive to medication, caffeine. I can't even drink coffee. So that's another thing. This gives me the boost of energy and focus through the day. But when I got home, what I realized was it allows me to be more easily satisfied because I feel like there aren't a million intrusive thoughts. Like, for instance, why are the flannels here? Like, for instance, all your underwear is not the same. Like, for instance, there's five items on my dresser. They're bothering the fuck out of me. I never take care of them, but they bother the fuck out of me. They didn't bother me last night. So all in all, so far, I am hopeful that I can be like Bradley Cooper and Limitless the rest of my life, but I'm also open to change. If I need to change medication, if I need to taper off it at some point, I was doing just fine before, but I do think now there's less noise in my head. It quiets your brain and allows you to see things how everybody else sees things. There's some things you might enjoy now that previously you didn't like for me reading a book i just get way too distracted when i'm not taking adderall and then if i take adderall i can focus in on it and like nothing gets distracted i might try it reading a book (laughs) i i don't i don't know about that says here constipation and decreased interest in sex so far not true okay (laughs) all right yeah i took a huge shit last night (laughs) got (laughs) it no that's not it yeah Okay, and uh, since we're getting into our, our, our new segment, which is called Two Big Things, it's kind of like this other segment on this other show, but uh, I figured Scott would be okay if we borrowed. We're tipping the cap. Borrowed? Yeah, well, it's a different We're 2Xing segment. it. 2Xing Limitless. one big thing. Two big things. And my first big thing is this, macular degeneration. Mm. You know what that is? Uh, eyes bad. Yeah, I'm into it. I get home the other night, my wife's vision, not as good these days. She's oh. 37 years young. I get home, she's wearing those teacher glasses. Oh, It's so fucking hot to me. Damn. I love her in those teacher glasses. I just have a thing for the teacher glasses. I felt like Billy Bob when he walked into that strip club across town <laughs> and saw his teacher. That's how I felt when I got home the other night. So Talk I, about two big things, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love my wife, but I hope her vision continues to decline. within reason okay like i want her to be able to drive the kids around and shit but i love seeing those glasses when i walk home that's my one big thing this week i am pro macular degeneration mine is the the cream stinkles all right this is so funny before you get into it can i say why i freaked out last night when you texted me please what did i say to you guys when we were talking about what macon might do today i said he's probably gonna zag on one of the uniforms that everybody loves it's going to be like, oh, fuck the Kelly Greens. Thank God it's not the Kelly Greens. Go ahead. All right. Right, but not quite, because I love the cream sickles. You do? And I went, yeah. I, I will go as far as saying I think they're the best uniforms in sports. Wait till Sunday, but I agree. Period. And I took them. I took them against the Lions just because of the uni mm-hmm. alone. That was, that was dumb. Uh, how could something look so good and do so much sucking it's like these creamsicles are Corey Chase. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Now, they were worn from 76 to 96. The Bucks had two winning seasons in those 21 years. In the soft orange, the uh-huh. white, the red accents, Bucko Bruce. They started 0-26 in these unis. They went 100-223-1 in these unis. That's 31%. Last team to wear them, 96. Listen to this. Tony Dungy, 
Mike Shula's the OC. Yeah. Monty Kiffin's the DC. Yeah. Dilfer Weldon Milanovic, the quarterback room. The who's who? Or was Al Toon? Remember Eric Rett? Yeah. And are we saying that right? Because it's R R I C T. I think it's Eric Rett. I think it's Eric Rett too. Yeah. But I would love to talk to his parents about yeah, yeah. E double R I C T. Leading receiver on that team. I said receiver. Yeah. Mike Allstop. No way. 577 yards. No fucking way. 65 receptions on 81 targets. Now listen to this defense. Derek Brooks, Hardy Nickerson, John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Reagan Upshaw, Chidi Ahanatu. Oh, that's a good one. Donnie Abraham. Yeah. That club couldn't even win in these unis. Yeah, you're right. And these great unis. You're right. Not a good start for them last week. Once they lost the unis, five out of the next six years, they went to the playoffs, including a Super Bowl. They've brought them back five times since 96. They're one and four in those games, including last week against Detroit. Okay, when did John Gruden and Tony Dungy enter the picture in Tampa Bay? Tony Dungy is at least that 96 team. So I think there are some other things that occurred too, but I don't want to put it all on the uniforms. Like I don't want to dissuade them from wearing these bad boys. They're beautiful. Well, Baker Mayfield might agree because he claimed the offense needed to play better. Yeah, no question. And we'll get to that in a little bit as we preview this. Todd this Bowles Sunday's said the action. team was a little sluggish off the bye. They yeah. weren't blaming the unis. They lost to the Panthers in 2011, really bad Panthers team in these unis. Lost to the Saints in 2012, really bad Saints team. They got one win in 2009. Josh Freeman, the Creamsicles, lost four in a row after that. Creamsicles. That might have been the start of the curse of the Creamstinkles. Damn, dude. Damn. Two big things. All right, I'll give you one more big thing. Did you hear my take yesterday? Yeah, I heard your take yesterday. I mean, I'm not totally serious, and that's the concerning thing about putting out a real good social, like a bunch of people that don't know you all of a sudden. I walked in yesterday, and I'm like, holy shit, I got an idea. I was driving over here watching these fans at SoFi slipping all over the concourses, soaked in beer. It's not a safe playing surface. We need to talk about playing surfaces. But we also need to talk about an opportunity for the NFL to turn adversity into an opportunity. Uh, which is, of course, the oldest trick in the book. If you can do that, you got a whole nother revenue stream now. And of course, if you didn't hear the social and you only listened to the podcast, this was my take. Get these fans an outlet. Send them to the corner of the stadium. It could be the FanDuel cage, whatever it is, and have them fight. Now, 16-ounce gloves, making. I don't want anybody getting hurt. I don't like seeing the blood in the stance, all that stuff. But fair fights, one-on-one, we can bet them. Somebody in the comments of my Instagram post said yesterday, this isn't ancient Rome. We don't need this shit. Or are you speaking for the other 175 people who commented? Because you're the only one who doesn't like this idea. This idea is a stone cold lead pipe lock for another stream of income for the NFL as if they need more. I think it'd be way more palatable for people than Taylor Swift at every game. Let's, let's make a run at this thing. And nobody gets hurt. They're 16 ounce gloves. They're like the, the big boys. Macon, I know you hate fighting. Don't you think from a business model perspective, it's actually a good idea? Yeah, for sure. And it decreases liability because we are having people die in these stands. No question. Due to fights in these stadiums. No question. So yeah, I think it's great. What are, what are the stakes, winner, loser? Loser has to leave? I think it's pride. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you side bet your own fight. Or yeah, loser has to leave the game. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Loser has to leave the game. And if you fight in the stands and you don't fight in the, you know, the um, MGM cage uh, at Joe Robbie Hard Rock Stadium, you have to 
relinquish your rights to go to any pro sporting events in the United States ever again. Ever again. Ever again, dude. If you fight in an NFL game, honestly, like I understand people getting fights. Fights have been happening. And on a serious note, because it sucked yesterday because I think like once like uh, ML football or what, what's that account? Yeah. JPA, JPA football. Once JPA football came out with the tweet, I was like, oh, here we go. This, they don't even share the video. They just quote me. And it makes me sound like this bloodlusting meathead. And I'm just trying to have fun with it. But these fights have always happened. And I think it's almost like anything in society. Yes, the world is getting worse. Incrementally, every year it's getting worse. People are losing their fucking minds. But stadium fights, when I was a kid and my parents, you know, my dad played for the Raiders, my mom would be careful about bringing me to that stadium, to Oakland Coliseum. I mean, certainly we weren't going in the black hole, but even going in the stadium and sitting anywhere, it's like pick your poison. Like which section, they all have their pros and cons. You're probably going to see some violent shit. Um, it's always been that way. There's always been fights at stadiums. I think now the difference is we can be in 32 stadiums at one time any day of the week because everybody's got camera phones and this shit sells like a month ago people were like i love this shit but a guy died which has always been a possibility and it's actually happened before at like baseball games and Mm -hmm. stuff like this there people are fighting at non-contact sports you know um i think people just decided we had one of these like come to jesus moments where people like read the room, a guy just died, we can't share this footage anymore in a positive manner. Now what the aggregators are doing is they're sharing them as they were a month ago, but saying, we can't have this anymore. They're still getting the clicks. So I think people are like clutching their pearls over this stuff. It's terrible. I don't want these people in the stadium, but it's always been going on. It's organizing the chaos, really. Because it's been happening forever. My first game at Yankee Stadium when I went in, guy getting his head bashed against a pole. I think on the way in, we saw someone get stabbed in the neck with a fork, too. So A fucking fork? Yeah, like things happen. Let's like, organize it. Let's, yeah, let's, let's organize it. it. Let's control it. Let's streamline it. Let's profit off it. And somebody, the guy who was like, this is an ancient Rome. I'm like, buddy, have you looked around at like what's making money right now? We've got YouTubers fighting. Mm-hmm. We have the rough and rowdy barstool stuff. We have a bloodlust for MMA. Like Lately, people are into this shit. So it's going to move the needle. It's probably never going to happen. The NFL is never going to do it. But at some point, they said gambling wasn't a possibility. Now they've leaned fully into it. I think by 2030, we have cage matches in some dystopian NFL future. Well, you remember Prohibition? Yeah, dude. Now we have beers. Exactly. And that's really fueling the, these fights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Three big things. Three big things. Oh, I got one little oh, thing one for more you. Big thing. I got one little thing for okay. you. Shane Beamer. Yeah, I heard about this. You sent me the fine bomb clip. Pick on somebody your own size, you know, Shane? Shane's a little guy. What do you do? He kicks something? He kicked a, a Gatorade cooler, broke his foot. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. That's too bad. Soak that in some mayo. That's right. Uh, last big thing, softball team. I know we, we, we put a moratorium on talking about it with you in the chair, but Head. softball champions. Congrats. The B League for sure. I mean, yeah. we weren't in the, the majors, but I think we could have made a run at the majors. The Look, way any, we came anytime together. you're playing a team in the first round that has three former UVA baseball players and a former VMI, this is D, those are D1 players, baseball. The, the VMI guy. Oh, he was hitting moonshots. Italian Stallion, that yeah, guy. Yeah. I was I, very stubborn. I was going to I didn't even want no my wife to pay attention to the game. Yeah. Just a tall, dark, handsome guy yeah. that looked like a cop, and he was just hitting dongs mm-hmm. in front of my family. Uh, luckily, we came away with the win. And I will say this, I want to I tip my cap to Scott. 
I got out of the way like a team player and said, hey, guys, I, I'm, not, I'm not helping us on the mound right now. I had some good starts, started walking people. Mm. But I want to say this. The outfield hates me <laughs> because they were playing for Scott. Aiden was like a fucking – he was like Willie Mays out there. Reed was making athletic uh-huh. catches. These guys were booting the ball 10 out of 10 when I was pitching. I don't take it personal, guys. Message received. You want to play for Scott. You don't want to play for your boy. I get it. Champions. A lot of reps. A lot of reps. A lot of reps happened since you were pitching. Also, you know, the guys have gotten increased skill set. Also, it's nice sitting in the dugout. Yeah, yeah I'm, I could get used to that. So, uh, what was we'll, the score of the final, dude? It was like a lot to a little. Thirteen to five. We wow. beat a team that had swept us. They were good too. They were very yeah, good. Very good. They're very good. One of the classic. We played our best game ever by far. Sam had three home runs. JP had two home runs. It was crazy. JP had two home runs. I don't Ceramico know. Ceramico Sam. He's my favorite Sam. player. He's a great player, man. And we beat Guadalajara. Shout out to those guys. Fontaine Guadalajara. This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the all-in-one app for spending, sending, and setting easy-to-track savings goals. With multiple tools for saving, spending, and sending, Cash App is an all-in-one way to stay in control of your money. Whether I need to send money to my pumpkin grower, pay for anything related to floating the river, quickly pay back a buddy for a night out on the town, or settle a bet, I can always count on Cash App. With security, boosts, discounts, a free-to-order debit card, no overdraft fees, Cash App is like a BFF for your money. It can be your read. Reads my BFF in the studio. Cash App, the exclusive financial services partner of Greenlight, downloaded in the App Store or Google Play to see why it's the number one finance, finance, app in the u.s app store i hate buying tickets i've been playing my whole life never had to worry about buying tickets the ticket part is stressful the game's stressful ticket part's really stressful buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have And with the Game Time app, it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. If I'm trying to see the monster trucks for my kids or Willie Nelson for me and my kids, I can find it all in the Game Time app. Game Time's the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has the deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Stag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code GREENLIGHT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GREENLIGHT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, NFL preview starting with Thursday Night Time Machine. All right, right now the score is making three to two. Chris made a pick from the River of the Chiefs, thirty to twenty-one last week against the Broncos. Macon picked thirty-five to twenty-one, so Chris got it. I have never picked thirty-five twenty-one. I know Chris won, but I I would never pick five touchdowns to three touchdowns. It's just not how I roll. It's all good. 31 16. Sorry. 31 16. Okay. All right. That's good. Okay. Same. It's good that you know Ernst that. Ernst and Young up in this house, huh? <laughs> Goodness well, gracious. Sorry. Am Cowboy Reed is out. South Cowboy Reed is out today mourning the death of Suzanne Summers. So. Well, she died? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. she died. A couple days ago. No way. Yeah. You know who else died? John Custom- Ritter. Cusimato. Or was really? it Custy? No, not Custy no, uh, Rocky's Custy Yeah, Burt Young. Bert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ro- Rocky's guy. Yeah, Polly. Custy has been dead a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Polly just died. And I thought Polly was like on his last leg when they were doing the Rocky movies. All right, so we've got, uh, we've got our preview here. Starting with Thursday Night Time Machine, let's get the scores from you gentlemen. We have texted them in. Jags, Saints. Tonight, time of tape is 12.48 p.m. Right. We don't know if Trevor Lawrence is playing. It doesn't look like it. Macon, Saints 23. Jags 13. Chris, Saints 20. Jags 18. I love the spot I'm in. So yeah. Saints by six would be a push. Now what else What else did I text you in there? Oh, he wants to. Uh, you said if you were playing the game, you would have picked Saints 5-0 or something This like is that? him in yeah. a nutshell. I'm, I'm just saying. You know, he he just is. can't take, even he's assuming he's going to lose, which is a good sign for he's me. He's pre-butting the loss. So he likes to, yeah, he likes to, you know, Get but I did this, but I meant this. I'm just 2018. That's all I'll say. I like I like your numbers. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I thought you were going to hit me with maybe a four, and so we'd push on a three, and I'd just root for a close game. Tonight, I bet the under. I'm on the under. I bet the under. I, I bought it up to 41. Uh, this was like a day or two ago. If I was smart, I'd probably wait for Trevor Lawrence to be active, if he is active, and bet the under at 41 or 42. But I just didn't know what would happen, and I feel like this is a low-scoring game no matter what. The injuries in this game, you got Walker Little, Sheriff, Tyson Campbell. Um, we don't know if they're out, but these guys are all DMP Wednesday. Tyson Campbell's a big one, right? Hurst started last week, and Penning got like quietly benched, and then back in the game when Hurst got hurt. So I think that the story here is obviously Trevor Lawrence's health. He said he was optimistic this week, which means absolutely nothing. If I'm hurt, I'm saying I'm optimistic. If I'm playing, I'm saying nothing. Uh, C.J. Beathard's the backup. I've seen a few of C.J. Beathard's games. I like C.J. Beathard. Um, I think he can make it competitive. But Doug's been leaning on the run game, which is interesting to me. Top five in attempts. Not very efficient there. Um, One thing to point that out would be six in yards after contact, but 23rd in yards before contact. So 15th overall, despite the commitment, Saints are a top 10 rush defense. This is where it's going to be won and lost. And getting the ball on the perimeter for them, we'll see how that played out if you're listening Friday morning. But on a macro level, I just want to talk about the Saints offense real quick. I'm going to take my glasses off because this is a serious part of the pod. Whoa, that was fucking cool looking through that those glasses yeah. for a while. Damn. The, the wow. Frame. These are really good glasses. Yeah, they're dope glasses. Um, the Saints offense, man. Uh, the first thing that jumped out to me, and we were looking at this, me and Nolan, 30th in motion. Okay, like, and in general, look at the top 10 in motion usage in the NFL. I mean, like, it's not so much the teams. They're really good teams up there. And then there's, like, the Patriots. But generally, you've got McDaniel, Reed, Shanahan, McVay, Smith, Munkin, Slowick, Ben Johnson, Kellen Moore. Those are the guys in the top 10 when it comes to motion. So, like, I don't know what the opposite of a canary in a coal mine would be, but, like, in a good way, if like, you're... Like a, like a canary, like, flying high in, the, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a blue sky. We're out of the coal mine. Yeah. So, like, this is a situation where you look at the teams in the NFL that are using motion. I've complained about the Eagles not using motion. They're still very good offensively. But Carmichael, you know, if you talk to Saints fans right now, and I know you guys are listening, you guys and gals... Uh, you've had enough of this guy, and it does feel like they're they're running an offense from like 2006 or something. I, I I don't know. I know it's West Coast, 
I know you've got some issues up front. Um, but the red zone and drive killers, I watched Houston in plus territory when they played Houston. The minute they got in plus territory, no answer for the blitz, no hots. The spacing is fucked up in their passing offense. I mean, they are spacing for like an athletic quarterback who can tuck in and run when you see man looks. They're like spacing to clear people out. It makes no sense to me. Um, we've complained about this all year. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out tonight because I think their one hope is to block up this front. If they can get it, you know Josh Allen blocked, there will be some shots. And Jags run a lot of cover three. You've got to take your shots, okay? The seams, the corners, um, and Carr, man, in general. We'll see how he plays tonight, but he has not played well in the pocket with pressure. He's got happy feet. You know, and this is is kind of like a poorly constructed offense if this is how he's going to play because there will be pressure. And as good as Loomis has done in 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 drafting big bodies, the hog mollies, Penning is a miss. You know, uh, nothing personal to the kid. That's I know a he's painful physical. Miss, it's a painful miss. It's a painful miss. So, you know, especially when you're bringing in a veteran quarterback and you want him to be upright and protected. And he can't really move. I mean, he's athletic relative to, you know, like a lawn deer, but he's not like some fucking Dak Prescott kind of guy back there. So um, Sunday slate. Sunday slate. We got to tear it up. So we got to tear it up. We went with what? Denzel Washington Films. Yeah, Matt was like, maybe we could do movies tomorrow. I'm like, that's going to be a lot of movies to choose from. <laughs> Boiling it's, still, it's still a lot of movies to choose from. And it's also hard with Denzel. He's got like 45 movies, as you, as you point out. But like, it's hard to put something in the middle tier because even his middle tier is really good, right? Like, yeah. The third tier was pretty easy for me. But the first tier, easy as well. The middle's tough. So when we get there, I'll let you know. But last week, I really liked y'all's call on Boats. And I just want to point this out. You made tugboats mid-tier. I appreciate you guys giving tugboats some love, but they should be top-tier. I'm a big tugboat guy. When I heard the pod, because I listened to the pod, Thanks. it's uh, you guys talking about tugboats being the O-line, D-line of, of the boat kingdom, dude. They, they do the dirty work. That's they, it. Who wants to pull that mega yacht? Right. You know, he's getting all the glory. Yep. You know, fucking, it's some hotshot quarterback. This is... All right, but they do have these vessels yeah. that literally like a like a fighter jet can land on them. Aircraft carrier. Yeah. So maybe better. Is that what you put tier yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. And did you put Titanic tier three? Pumpkins were tier <laughs> oh, three. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I hadn't sank yet. Yeah. Oh, fuck. But you just looked uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Not the most comfortable boat. I'd rather be in a tugboat. Um, all right, tier one. I put tier one as flight and training day. Those are my two favorite Denzel movies. Great That's choices. my tier one. What'd Great you guys choices. go with? I went with Unstoppable, which is incredibly underrated. One oh, yeah, Rosaria Dawson? Yeah, train out of control. It's great. The train is out of control. It's speed, but with, but with train? a train. Yeah. So it's faster. Better. But it's not hotter. Rosaria Dawson is elite, yes. but she is not 96 Sam, Sandra Bullock. She's not 1996 Sandra Bullock. I'll give though. you that. I don't know that I've seen any of these films. Probably not. Respectfully, I'll go 93, uh, Julia Roberts, Pelican Brief, huh? You put Pelican Brief one? Okay. It's a good one. It's a good movie. I haven't seen the movies. You haven't seen a lot of Denzel movies. Nah. That's wild. Go outside some. Like Inside Man, I think I've seen. You're Inside Man. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes sense that you've seen Inside Man. There are better Denzel movies, I'm telling you. I just look for titles. I'm like, Inside Man. Yeah, like, that, that seems awesome. Me. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> with that. 
Um, all right, so Dolphins at Eagles. Dolphins Sunday at night. Eagles. Eagles favored by two and a half, 52 point total. Oh, I got like a whole intro here. Go ahead, intro us in. God damn. All right, so the Dolphins are at the Eagles. The Eagles, no, I'm just playing. It's Sunday <laughs> night football, all right? Both teams are five and one. Holy shit. And the team in the Kelly Greens favored by two and a half. This is, and I need to get on betting the Eagles because that line is, is moving the Eagles way. And I, I'm just going to say this outright. I'm going to start giving you guys some leans on these. These aren't locks. These are leans. Although I could have given the Eagles out as a lock because I feel very good about this. And I feel good about the under. Okay. And yeah, I am biased. You're, Absolutely. You're the undertaker. I'm the undertaker. That's what I do. I am so sorry to do this right now. What? I had a dream about you last Did you? night. Yes. You were doing some wrestling promo. I texted you yesterday that you were the undertaker. Yeah, and then, and then I this ended dream up in a wrestling promo. <laughs> you were it was you had you were you had this painted face that was like black, white, black, yeah. white, you were like a zebra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were all like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday uh-huh. sort of stuff. Really? Yeah. Like hut hike. Yeah, well, off yeah. the top rope. Yeah, like Sting, right? Like Sting the wrestler. I could never. Yeah, wrestle. yeah. You, you, you saw Sting actually in your dream. You thought it was me. It was Sting. <laughs> I said, you've never watched wrestling. How did Sting get into your? Ah, it was you. It was you. Okay. Plain as day, and they were paneled. They were paneled. You were paneled blackface and whiteface. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Alternating. It wasn't like a face-off sort uh, of situation. I was like, it looked like one of those supreme patterns. Mm-hmm. All right. So, anyways. Uh, keep an eye on this in this game. Rain, rain showers Friday and Saturday. I mean, like, things move. The weather moves sometimes. It could move to Sunday night. I don't know who that would favor. I would think the Eagles. But uh, all in all, there's a lot to be frightened about if you are the Eagles because I've said this all year. I think the Dolphins are an elite football team. Like, they are, they are a contending football team. They're scary, right? Like, they, they, they are rolling in both phases offensively. Like And in fact, lately, I feel like they're more of a running team, even though they've been racking up the passing yard is when they, when they got to have it against some of these bad teams, they want to, you know, like there's just less that can go wrong pounding the rock. And so Mostert out of the backfield, this offense has been humming. Armstead's out, Connor Williams DNP. Okay, this was as of Wednesday. I don't know if Connor Williams is practicing today, but that would be a big loss, especially considering this front. I think Tua, and I, I try to avoid talking about Tua, especially after I apologize to Dolphins fans for being harsh on Tua. I think at times I've been, you know, like in the beginning, I liked the kid. I didn't love the quarterback. Like, I got a lot of respect for the kid and, and seems like a great guy. And I wasn't, I wasn't being personal in my analysis, but it got personal when fans got personal with me, which is a, it's a pitfall of this job. Um, and that's my bad. But... What I'm saying right now has zero, uh, there's not a tinge of personal here. This is fact. When Tua is clean, he's as good as anybody in the league in this offense. When he's under pressure, he is just a guy. Okay, that is fact. You can argue with somebody else on that. I'm not going to argue with you. The facts back that up. And as a defensive lineman, I think the reason I'm always, I don't know, I think I'm always a little bit easier on quarterbacks who can make plays off schedule because I used to rush them. And I know that like ideally in the games that I played in, you're going to get pressure on these guys. And so Tua, under pressure, 40% completion rate, 48 passer rating. He's 27th in the league in that, in that statistic. And you know who he's sandwiched between? Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. So you got the whole AFC East there. I'm not saying that's who he is. But if you pressure him, it is exactly who he is. 
So great quarterback, has had a great run. When he is pressured, he doesn't look like he does when he's clean. And you could say no shit, anybody that's true for. But the delta between the good and the bad is huge. And that's why we looked up the rankings. So you get a relative idea of who he is under pressure. That's who he is under pressure. Okay? So great quarterback, but if you can get to him, it changes. And with Jalen Carter coming back, the Bills' pressure was from the edge. You can really affect a shorter quarterback by caving the middle of that pocket and having cleats on his cleats, having his platform be interrupted. The vision is tougher. You've got these big, big jokers. Jordan Davis, about as wide as he is tall, and he's a big man. Jalen Carter, the same thing. Uh, Just a big, powerful guy. Fletcher Cox, the middle will be a different deal than the Bills game. I'm not saying he can't handle it. This is a big opportunity for Tua. And I'm still frightened to death betting the Eagles because of this offense and because of Tua. But I feel good at night when my head hits the pillow and I look at my sheet for Sunday and I bet the house on the Eagles because of this D-line. And I know they haven't gotten home all year. The question for me, and I don't mean all year, net, but they haven't gotten home in some games where people were like, they got to get home. Like the Washington game, people nitpicked with some of the, you know, like the sack numbers and that sort of thing. They will be a factor. But can the Eagles stop the run with a light box? That was another question I had in this game. So I kind of come into this game, and I'm not sure. I have a lean because it's the link. It's Sunday night. I feel good about the defensive line. But as we peeled the onion here back, the Eagles have stopped the run with a light box. They're top five there. Can you take the ball off Mostert? You know, like steal, steal the football. I mean, Mostert has put the ball on the ground. The Dolphins will attack the secondary. But the question to me is, do they run more slants, off-coverage kind of stop routes? The Eagles have to tackle. And Reed Blankenship's status is big. I know he's been hurt, but with the kind of coverages they run, he's going to be asked to do a lot. He's going to be asked to do a lot once they have the ball in their hands in the second level. These guys got to come downhill and mean it when they tackle. They play a lot of cover three. I want to keep my eye on Blankenship. For the Eagles' offense, when the Dolphins are on defense, This is the most interesting thing. Vic Fangio was in the building with Jalen Hurts for the better part of a year. How he brought him in as a consultant, right? He's not working with Hurts directly, but he's watching Hurts every day. And it's interesting to me when you bring in Vic Fangio, I don't know what Howie's mindset was, but he's pretty sharp. Is it a situation where you give him less than he's given you? Greg Williams used to say, I want to be really good at at telling you a lot without telling you anything. Because Greg can talk but he doesn't want to offer up anything valuable. And I think coaches, they trade that, that currency openly. You know, it's um, how can I learn fr- something from the other coach without giving so much to him to where we see him a year down the road? Because yep. you didn't know where Vic Fangio was going to be. He's not going to kill us. Now, Fangio was quoted this week as saying, how he got me, they didn't give me anything, I gave them everything. Of course, that means nothing. That's like Trevor Lawrence saying I'm optimistic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's like Wink Martindale saying he's not sleeping at night, which he yeah. probably wasn't. But like you don't always say what you mean to the media. So that's going to be a big question. And I think Jalen's done a nice job against the coverage he'll see. I mean, we yep. looked it up. Uh, you know, cover six, he's very good. Cover three, yep. very good. Um, you know, the type of you know, coverages that they run where they're going to make you earn it down the field and that sort of thing, he's very good. Now, I want to see more quick game. I want to see more intermediate stuff. Last week, they threw the ball in the 40s. And it was like, where's the quick game? If it right. wasn't a dump off to DeAndre Swift because the run game wasn't going, where the fuck is it? 
So I said this last week, Jalen Hurts took a lot of shit. I'll say it once more. I don't think he played bad in that game. Not to the degree that people think when they look at the box score. Two out of those three picks, not on him. You look at the third downs he made in the beginning of the game. The guy played out of his mind in some spots, and A.J. Brown helped him out. This week, I think he has a better week. Um, the Eagles have got to they've they've got to find the run game. They've got to get the quick game going. And does Lane Johnson play? That's a big one. Xavier Howard, DNP this week with a groin. Devontae, DNP with a with a hamstring. It is Thursday. I don't know where they're going to be by the end of the day. But Xavier Howard will be a a big theme for me in this game because you've got a bona fide number one in AJ Brown who you want to take away, right? So remember the Bills game. It was like Kohu on digs the whole game. And people were like, what the fuck are they doing? Why don't they switch? Why don't why don't why didn't Howard travel? And Fangio said, with where we are as a defense right now, that's not what we do. And I don't know if it's just not what he does or if he didn't feel good about the matchup, but this week it's going to be interesting to see. It would be great if you had motion in your offense. We talked about that mm-hmm. with the Saints. Eagles are like 32nd in the league. They're why the don't only- they? It could be because Jalen likes a static look. And that's not to take anything away from him as a quarterback, but he might like his pre-snap look to be static. Like, you guys were going through the rankings of teams that use motion. It was, like, all the best offenses at the top, and then Eagles 32nd. Like, They're the outlier. I would just think that would give the defense too much freedom to adjust their own look right at the end of the play. I bet if you look back at New England, they ran a lot of motion that game. And I don't think it worked out for them. And it might have scared them off it, right? So I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I kind of feel like he likes things static. If Kohu's in the slot... You got to take advantage of the size mismatch. I think Goddard's a great player. Get him the ball. Uh, Eli Apple on number two is huge. So I, I think this is going to be a really interesting ball game. It's a big test for Miami. If you look last year at what they did in primetime games, and these are again the facts. This is what Miami's a contender. They're scary, right? But sometimes when they play a better team, the offense isn't as scary. I'm just like last year, Cincy, 15 points in primetime. Obviously, Tua got hurt in that game, but they were not, they didn't have it rolling before he got hurt. Pittsburgh, 16 points in primetime. Chargers, 17 points in primetime. They played great against the Bills, an opponent they knew. They came back, they played even better under the lights up in Buffalo. If you count the San Francisco game, which was a 405, 425, big spot game, 17 points. So, all I'm saying is if the Dolphins want to go where I think they're capable of going, this is the game they have to answer the bell. Because so far, they haven't done that in these big primetime spots. And this is going to be Link. It's going to be rocking. I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I do lean Eagles. I like the under. Eagles minus one and turnover differential in large part due to last week. Four of them. Dolphins minus four. Eagles have the second-ranked offense at 395 yards a game. Dolphins are number one at 498.7, 103 yards clear of number two. And they're both so good, and they both, they, both, they both can pound you, and they can air it out. And they're two of the teams that have the most complete offenses in the league, right? So, and they do it different, very differently. Like, the run concepts are different. Their personnel is different. You know, the Eagles' offensive line, you take that 10 out of 10, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that shows in the run game, but the Dolphins have been able to figure out a way. McDaniel has done a great job of without adding a ton of pieces. He has added pieces, but this year in the offseason, they were like, let's fine-tune who we are. And I think they did it without changing personnel. And I, I really admire him as a coach, and I think they, they're doing a great job. 
Philly fans could have a dilemma for themselves on Sunday night. If game six happens in the uh, NLDS, they'll be playing at Arizona at the same time. That's going to tell you a lot, bro. NLCS, thank you. That's going to tell you. They'll tell you. Baseball fans, man. Here's the thing about when you play football in a, in a town and you and you and you like the other teams in the town, mm-hmm. you've signed up to have to watch every game. Yep. You know, like I was tweeting about the Monday night game the other night. People have multiple screens. The Phillies are hitting dongs, and Tons I'm tweeting it. about fucking, uh, you know, like uh, Dak Prescott off off platform. Why aren't you watching the Phillies? <laughs> it's like, and guys, I just want to give you a piece of advice. If you want me to like you, only if you want me to like you. Don't tweet at me, why no Phillies game? I might be watching it. I also don't know how to tweet about baseball. Like, what do you want me to say? Another home run. Both Hit. stadiums are going to give an updates on the big boards too. So you're going to see both fan, the fan bases at the, at the you know, individual stadium go nuts when there's an update for each team. That'll be fun to watch. What are you picking if the Jets are playing a big one and the Yankees are playing a big one? If it's postseason, I'm 100% going to the Yankees. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people in Philly are going to be watching this Eagles game. The Detroit basketball Lions are at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens home from London after beating the Titans. Lions are wrapping up a two-game road trip. They've won four in a row. Since the Ravens moved to Baltimore, 96, Lions are 0-3 against them falling by an average of 26 points. Oh, can I just say something? That last game's the Book of Eli game because you can make Tua effectively blind if you just cave the pocket. <laughs> like He's not going to know what he's looking at. But careful, Eli won two Super Bowls. I know. And Eli, at the end of that movie, could like suddenly see. It was one of the worst Denzel movies, in all honesty. I had it as my low tier. Yeah. There's a lot we'll, of we'll plot lines in there that I'm just like, wait, he couldn't see, now he can see? Like, I don't know, maybe, you know. Oh, here you go. Hey, hey, Ravens, remember the Titans? Well, you got the Lions up next. That's good. Actually, I have this game as the deja vu game because I think the Ravens win it on a long field goal. Ooh, I'm pulling push. a little page out of your book. Well, it might be, yeah, it might be a push, but I'm probably going to buy it two and a half. Okay. You know me. Right. Um, I lean Ravens, though. I, whether you want to bet them or not, yeah, I, I might just bet Ravens money line. Parlay them with somebody. I also like the under here. I just feel like it's that type of game. And a lot of it is because, like, Detroit is going to be playing left-handed again. So Montgomery was out for a large portion of that game last week. The run game is something they could lean on every week. I mean, they ran for, like, a quarter mile on the fucking on the Packers a couple weeks ago. Packers played that game out of phase, right? They threw the ball uh, a billion times. You know, Aaron Jones, I think, was out, and they ran the ball 11 times. You know, Baker Mayfield last week. We'll talk about that in a couple, but they're playing that game out of phase. Like the Lions have their toughest test thus far uh, in general, dating all the way back to the Chiefs game. And I think in some ways, considering how they are right now, I think this test might be tougher. You know, um, because the Ravens' defense has been tremendous. We'll get into that in a second. Detroit, what's the offensive line look like? Uh, Big V, he's been out. Uh, Montgomery's out. I think the Ravens match up well. So when you talk about Styles making fights, and we talked about why Jim Schwartz might be able to play pretty well or coach pretty well against Shanahan's offenses, what do Shanahan's offenses do? This, 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 back and forth, motion, eye candy, wide zone, a ton of shit they throw at you. But the reason I think Jim Schwartz's defensive lines play well against that group, and McCaffrey was out for a lot of the game, is because they penetrate. I mean, that's what they do. They don't read keys, they go. And that's the reason the Ravens had a really nice game plan for them offensively 
is because they mixed in gap scheme stuff, traps, stuff that would influence those rushers to get up the field, and then they're creating seams. Now, this week, you have to create horizontal seams and because this is a flat playing group. They want to play a flat wall across the board. Matabike, those guys, they've been really good. Now, the one thing, if you look at the tape from last week, is they gave up a lot of explosives. I think five for 101, 14 for 28 on the rest of the rushes. So they were killing those guys in London. Derrick Henry got out away from Matabike. They had another touchdown. They had that touchdown in the red zone that went for about 15. Matabike's not on the field. This is the stuff for me, if I'm the Ravens, if we can keep the big plays down in the run game, we're going to be okay. And from a personnel standpoint, there ain't no Derrick Henry on the Lions this week. So that's my big concern. Has Clowney been a good fit, you feel like? Clowney's been a great fit. A great fit. He has figured out a way to pressure wherever they line him up. And you know he's been very disruptive. Sack numbers aren't eye-popping. And that's without OA for a lot of the, the year. Your kid from Michigan, Ajabo, hasn't been playing. OA could be back this week. I don't know where we are on that, but that would be huge. Find your matchups and win them. If you can get Goff to hold the ball, and in fact, we would try to flush him out of the pocket if we played Jared Goff. He doesn't scare you out of the pocket. Your rush lanes don't need to be that important. Just create chaos in there and let him break the pocket. Humphrey, Amon Ra, or Jamison Williams? If I'm Baltimore, my biggest concern is these guys on the field together, Jamison Williams and Jameer Gibbs, first time all year. That scares me. Speed kills. The J.K. Dobbins injury was, I think, has become more of a bummer in hindsight because the skill positions leave a little to be desired. Lamar's the leading rusher again. The longest run all year for a Ravens back is 22 yards. That was Melvin Gordon, who has 13 carries all year long. And as good as Zay Flowers has been, he has one TD. That was Cleveland. They had their longest run, I think, with Melvin Gordon. Aguilar has one TV, TD. Beckham, Aguilar has one TV. Beckham, Bateman, <laughs> Duvernay, zero TDs. Yeah. So they just don't scare you outside of Mark Andrews. And that's why we've talked about, and I know we play fantasy land with some of these trades, but like if you're Baltimore and I was just playing Madden, I'm going to get either a running back or somebody outside. And I would probably lean outside, right? Because I think you can plug and play more with running backs. Like They've done a pretty good job in spots of running the football, but the top-end production is not there. I think the run game's designed really well. Uh, and the matchup is, is up front. It's the third-best rushing offense versus the fourth-best rushing defense. I mean, when the Ravens have the ball, you got to feel good about your matchups outside and pass protection. I actually do. You know, I worry more about Hutch kicking inside, Aleem McNeil being dominant inside. He's played great. The Ravens' two losses were two teams that got pass rush without blitzing. So this is going to be on the guys up front. Detroit last week didn't get the rush they wanted against a similar, maybe a little bit better pass protection unit. This week they're going to have opportunities, but they've got to take advantage of them. And I think Detroit's defense, uh, this is the toughest test. I talked about that in a balance way since Kansas City because Kansas City's built to run the ball they didn't stick with it they played some teams that were kind of one-dimensional at times because of the the score of the game and that sort of thing I think this is a really tough test and in the passing game you mentioned it Bateman Beckham have not moved the needle here's the biggest matchup of the game for me when the Ravens have the ball it's Brian Branch who's back after a two-week absence and he's spying Lamar yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah good player yeah fucking good player dude L.A. Rams favored by a field goal. Steelers are averaging 15.8 points per game. 
but are three and two and coming off a bye. This is going to be that game for me, dude. We're we're going to be watching Lions Ravens in the one p.m.s, and you know the meme with the guy walking with his girl, and he's checking out the yep. other girl, and you know this the, the other girl is Rams Steelers for me. I, I I don't you know I love you know I love rock fights. You know I have yep. two team uh, win totals playing in this game, so I got the Rams uh, under, and I have the Steelers over, and I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. I lean the Rams. Uh, they're five one and one against the spread. Their last seven five and one against the spread at home. While the Steelers are seven and two in the last nine games. So two two teams that if you're taking them to the bank on Sunday, like you feel good about it. But I think the key here is uh, the Rams' offensive line. Like how do they hold up? They've held up better, right? Uh, the guards have played well. Steve Avila, rookie, tremendous. Dotson, the guy they traded for, helpful. The inside of the pocket, that's key with Stafford. The guys outside, they're going to win some, right? Highsmith, Watt. But can you keep this pocket from caving? Um, And he's going to kill it against cover three. Like, that's what they run a lot. They haven't gotten enough out of Patrick Peterson. You know, Peterson's been picked on a little bit. Um, And the Steelers have given up a ton of big plays. So the big plays are going to be there. Kyron Williams has an ankle. So can't get the run game going. The guy's ankle's fucked up. It went for 170. Can't get the run game going. You got another guy getting arrested this week for a gun. Gun arrest. Like, keep it together, Rams. They've actually played pretty well defensively, by the way. I got to say that. Like, hats off to their defensive secondary. You hadn't heard of a lot of these guys, but they played a sneaky amount of ball together. And, uh, you know, they're stepping up. They still have Aaron Donald. You got to keep the big plays down. And for the Rams, the middle eight, we talk about this all the time, the four minutes before the half, four minutes out of the half. They struggled all season to keep teams out of the end zone before the half, allowing people to kick field goals, missing field goals. This last week, they had a really strong finish to the half. They hit a shot, set up a touchdown. Like, that's going to be something in a low-scoring game. The middle of this game, whoever plays the best going into the half and out of the half will win this game, in my opinion. And we had McVay on inside the NFL this week. He was great. Uh, we, We got to interview him. One of the things that came up is he's expecting. Right. Yeah. Might, might miss the game. Right. And if he misses the game, I don't know. Now, of course, he joked that his kid's going to be disciplined. He would never come during a football game if anything's going to come early. But you've got Mike Tomlin off a of bye, which I don't know what the statistics Looking are. Looking the Adderall for that huh? particular issue. Which one? Coming early. Yeah, coming early. Yeah. So so we've got um, – is that is that true? Oh, well, it just – you know, it said your your interest was decreased. I don't it's know. Not, no, no, no. If it's <laughs> decreased, you're not coming You're past. not coming early. Coming late. You're coming late. Got you. Got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. A kid would come late. Yeah. So um, I think that's interesting. It's like McVay's got a lot on his mind. I'm not – he's a great coach. He'll be able to coach through this. But there's a lot going on there. And Tomlin, he's had a bye. Last time we saw that this Steelers offense on the field, they connected with George Pickens and, and pretty much won that game. So they, can you ride that positive momentum? You've got the you got Deontay Johnson back. Find an identity. They keep sticking with Matt Canada. At some point, let's fucking change a little bit. Twenty eighth all time meeting between the Steelers and the Rams. They got you twice, C Long. Christmas Eve, two thousand eleven. It was twenty seven nothing. Yeah, I know, dude. And that game kills me because. I'll never forget this game. I had 13 sacks. My dad had... In one game. That's got to be a record. No. <laughs> that was a Saints game. I had 13 sacks. 
uh, on the year. It was my best year. And everybody reminded me all week that me and my dad were tied for the best marks of our career in one season. And we get out there in the first quarter, and I dog the tight end, and I end up on Charlie Batch's back, and I miss the fucking sack, Oof. dude. I just missed the sack. Could have had 14. The whole thing. I don't remember the score of the game. That was par for the course for us. Charlie uh, Batch. That's a name. Twenty-seven nothing. And then the second time we played was like 2015. I finally got Big Ben. I had fantasized about rushing Big Ben because every time I see him, he's just extending plays. They get the ball out in 2.1 seconds that week. That game was 12 to six. 12 to six. Can we call this the equalizer game? Aaron Donald seems like an equalizer. Oh yeah, no question. Put him in a fucking grocery store with a with a nail gun. Yeah. Is that that movie? Yeah. Yeah. One, two, or three. <laughs> All good. Yeah. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chargers have played the Chiefs well in the Herbert Mahomes era. LA, though, two and three. Kansas City, five and one. Chiefs are favored by five and a half. They have always played these guys well. I mean, down to the first game, I'll never forget Herbert having to step in there at the last second. I think that was the Tyrod Taylor uh, shot game. Right. Right. Uh, and I'm not talking verticals, I'm talking injections. Pew, pew, pew. Um, so I, I, the Chargers' backs are against the wall, man. Like the vibes there are incredibly low. Um, you can just tell Herbert's worst game last week. That was such a big game for them. And I'm a big Herbert fan, but I don't attach my ego to to like a Justin Herbert take. The guy stunk last week. He stunk. Uh, I think he's much better than that. I don't want to give him excuses. He did keep the Taylor Bassati thing under under wraps. Like maybe like two years now, he's been keeping it under wraps. He's been getting some wins. He can hide. Yeah, he can hide an injury. Uh, so I don't know. He had the he had the like I said the 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 non throwing hand thing. I asked Jay Cutler this week on set of Inside the NFL. Like, does that affect a quarterback at all? He's like, nah. So his accuracy was off. I mean, like missing Keenan before the half. You remember that shot he missed him on? Missed him in the second half. These are like two touchdowns. But more alarming to me is like the easy throws that he missed. I mean, like this first trip to the red zone, he's throwing behind guys in the flat. You know, they run a bubble screen to the left. That ends up on somebody's back shoulder, turns him around. It's a negative play. Late in the game, they got a chance to get Eckler at the pylon, but he throws it inside him, not towards the pylon. And like, there's little things like that that just tell me something was off with him the other night. I'm not saying I'm making an excuse for him. He just stunk. Uh, even the ball in the end zone to Palmer, uh, I think it was fourth and one, has to be out in front of him. You give Deron Bland a chance there. And I don't think you know Herbert, as a pro, has been wildly inaccurate. I also don't think he's been wildly unclutched. When you look at game-winning drives, he's up near the top. Now, part of that is a product of taking over the Phillip Rivers mantle, right? Like, you are now that guy that I'm watching on Sunday in the 4 p.m. slot, like, just running for your life. Playing from behind a lot. Playing from behind a lot. And I, I, I don't think it's him, but it was him last week. There's no way around it. you got to win games like that. you got to get people off you. You're a fucking small market team. I know it's LA, but you're a small market team because every time you play at home, you got to go on silent count. I heard from people at that stadium that it was so fucking loud, you couldn't even hear yourself think, and it's the Cowboys. You know, it's the Cowboys fans. When we played them at the StubHub Center or whatever it was a couple years ago outside there, I was like, ah, we filled it up. It's a 25,000-seat stadium. The Eagles fans are an anomaly. 
that trend has continued. And so when you get in this national spot against America's team, even if they haven't done dick lately to have that title, you have to take advantage of that opportunity. And he did not. He did not. Um, so I'm not going to kid glove him. He's got to play better. I'm a big fan of his. The offensive line, now that I've, I've tarred and feathered Herbert, they stink right now. I mean, they stunk last week. I mean, Micah Parsons is on him fast. And when you look at time to pressure on sack plays, the Chargers take sacks quicker than anybody in the league but one team. Who do you think that one team is? New York or Washington? Uh, it's in the right area. New England. New England. So it goes New England, then the Chargers. And that's like a metric to me that says the offensive line is not playing well. And when it's bad, it's bad, right? Like time to sack, that's that's pretty quick. Like it's a jailbreak back there at times. And so I'm not absolving Justin Herbert. Again, let me say that again uh, because some of you people are very emotional about quarterbacks, the ones you hate, the ones you love. Um, he's got to play better. But the offensive line has to play better. And where's Quentin Johnson, dude? Yo, this could be a TCU receiver deal. Jalen Rager. Yeah. Taking right after him. In this draft, it was a similar similar deal. Who's going to do the C.J. Stroud thing and break the curse one day? I don't know. They had uh, Quentin Johnson was taken 21st. Zay Flowers was 22nd. Jordan Addison, 23rd. Yeah, that's kind of wild. I saw a clip today of A.J. Brown talking about, he was on Bustin' with the Boys, and they were asking him about the night he got drafted. I forgot about this. The Pats took Nikhil Harry. Oh. Mm. A.J. Brown grew up a Pats fan. <laughs> I mean, this is wild, dude. Mike Williams is out. Lindsley's out. So there are injuries. There are reasons. I don't think he's playing on some great team, dude. And when you look at the defense, it's even worse in a lot of ways. But the Chiefs. Andy Reid, off a bye. Now, this is a mini-bye, so don't, don't quote me here, but also off a bye. Off a sluggish-looking effort. No question. They're going to be humming at home, 24-7 and seven off the bye. Chiefs of the new New England, man. Mecole Hardman coming back. Frank Clark took a physical this week. Um, and I think the Mecole thing is as much an indictment on your guy, Tony, who I've been wrong on. I would have given him a second chance. I would have signed up for what, what, what the Chiefs signed up for. I think the top end ability is like really tantalizing, but he's just continued to be kind of a guy who doesn't pay attention to details. Yeah. I mean, giving up the football, dropping balls, like he's just not dependable. They have a lot of duplicate parts too. It seems like those you yeah. know, number three wide receivers that do things in the slot that have quickness, but yeah. don't really stretch as much. So yeah. I don't, it's, it's when you see um, Harmon come back, like it probably a really good fit. He knows everything. He plays that. He's dependable. And y'all didn't get anything out of Hardman. By y'all, I mean the He got Jets. beat by an un, undrafted rookie. Yeah, so I really feel good about this addition. I'm sure he's happy to be there. Um, Travis has really hurt these guys, okay? And you'd think Derwin James would negate that. That's your best player defensively, and he's like the kind of guy that you sign or draft to take care of a guy in division, and it hasn't worked out that way. Um, the Chargers have stopped the run, but... I'll say this. You get these guys in third and long. I read an athletic article this morning by Daniel Popper. Shout out to him. Chargers are one of the best third down teams in the league. This is a quote from, you know, basically Brandon Staley, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, at 33% conversion rate defensively. But when you adjust for penalties, you know what's coming. 
they have 10 on third down, their bottom half in the league. So including penalties, we call that a true conversion rate. They've allowed conversions of eight of 12 on third and 11 plus. So if you play really well on first and second down, you can't even cash in on that because they've sucked in these third and long situations. And nobody makes chicken soup out of chicken shit better than Patrick Mahomes on third and long. So like, even if you get in third and long, 67% conversion rate, true conversion rate, no other team is above 43%. If you go back to last year, they're still bottom of the league. They're worst in the league since Daly took over in this very specific subset of, of data. If you stop the run, the payoff has to be third and long. And Bosa's been hurt, that's a big deal. It's just Khalil Mack and the rookie and a couple guys out there. I, like They're just not, they don't scare you. All right, let me take you out of the all 22. Yeah. A year ago, the Chargers lost by three at Arrowhead. Yeah. Two years ago, they won by six. And three years ago, they won by about a million. That was Herbert versus Henny in week 17. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got to throw out the records. No when question. When you have the divisional and, opponents. And honestly, I don't know what the line is because it's five and a half. Five and a half. I'm betting the Chargers. Yeah. In a heartbeat. But the only thing that scares me is like, I feel like everybody reacts that way. Like everybody's like, oh, I'll buy the six. You know, like, so what's Vegas doing here? This is probably a, I'm not touching this one, uh, but it is a four o'clock, so I'll probably touch it with something. (laughs) Um, 75% of the bets on the LA Chargers. Yeah, so I feel like you kind of, and they are in that, that, that combustible space where like if something goes really wrong and they get fucking blown out, Spanos ain't gonna do this, but I, I gotta speak plainly, like this is the coach. Okay, like I, I, Brandon Staley has been a good football coach in this league. That's why he became a head coach. I got a lot of respect for him. I don't want my analysis of his tenure in Chargers to seem personal, but like this is a team that I've wanted to see take the next step, and he has failed to do that. And, you know, Justin Herbert didn't play well the other night, but he has not been the problem on this team. Every year, Staley's name is brought up in this regard. You know, he's, he's always being looked at because of, decisions that are made or just you know the defense not playing well when when you're a defensive head coach you trade for for a guy who's back in new england right now you give up capital for him you get nothing out of him like you said in the biggest matchup in division derwin james you haven't been able to shut down travis kelsey the pass rush is not getting there right because of health and other other concerns um at times they've been they've been swiss cheese in the run game over his tenure i mean like the defensive effort is the thing that drives me the fucking craziest I don't know if you saw the Pollard touchdown late in the game on Monday. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, Asante Samuel, great effort, right? I was initially. I rewound it for that reason. But then when I rewound it, I saw five guys standing around the fucking football waiting for Tony Pollard to fall down. And that is just sacrilege, dude. That is, that, is, is that coaching? Is that is that motivating your players, getting them to play? I don't Accountability? know. I don't know because like all I know is when Greg Williams was my coach, I was – I would never loaf, but I was afraid to loaf. Right. Because you get in that meeting and Greg Williams would say loafers are traitors. You're you're essentially a traitor. You're not just passing up a, a, up an opportunity to help us. You're helping the other team. And so that changing speed shit, the not finishing on the ball, it's one play. But I would expect a team whose back is against the wall to go into Arrowhead and these are the opportunities to be like, it's us against the fucking world. Mm-hmm. The only thing we want to hear at the end of this game is the sound of our sideline. It's the most beautiful sound in football, especially somewhere like Arrowhead. You should be selling out with every fiber in your body to get that feeling and to get back on the right track because the stretch coming up, 
Brandon Staley could be gone in a month. And if I was Dean Spanos, if they kept losing, I like I would have done it a couple weeks ago. So maybe it's the out of time game, another Denzel movie. You're exactly right. I have it written. Look at this right here. Out of time. Out of time. <laughs> out of time. Now, Brandon Staley's out of time, dude. I don't even know what happens in this movie. <laughs> there's no bye week on the horizon, but the Chargers have a tailor-made interim on the coaching staff right now. His name's Beep Gold. Oh my God, our college teammate is fucking coaching with the Chargers. Beep Gold, assistant. Chris Gold, teams. his brother's Robbie Gold. Uh, Beep uh, went to Virginia, and uh, I'm sure the special teams are doing just fine. I don't want to break that down any yeah. further. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but but I, do, I do think this, and like, well, all due respect to him, you're wasting a window. You're wasting a window. Just, you, you get this opportunity once. They're wasting it. And uh, the Chiefs are playing some of their best ball in recent memory defensively. So they held Allen to under 100 yards uh, each time they've seen him. And Mike Williams is off the field. So how do you figure? The only hope for the Chargers, in my opinion, is hurting them against the Blitz. Bags gets a little horny. Herbert, he went 34 of 40 for 317, three touchdowns, no interceptions against the Vikings and Flores. Different personnel, same thing. Heated him up. Cameron Dicker, 21 of 22 on his kicks this Fuck year. yeah, great, Gold. Great coaching. They got a great coach there. <laughs> Shout out to our boy. All right, we need to name the mid-tier. The Manchurian Candidate. <clears throat> a All really right. good movie, Solid. but it's mid-tier for Denzel. It'd be top-tier for somebody else. Mid- Wildly underranked, uh, underrated on one of these sites I was looking at last night. They had him in like the 30s or something. It's a good movie, Manchurian Candidate. Can't remember anything that happened in the movie, but it's a good movie. Mid-tier. You want to talk about mid-tier? Mid-tier. You want to talk about mid-tier? Antoine Fisher. Ooh. You don't like chess? Oh. He got game. No. Great, Mid-tier? Great soundtrack. It's a really good movie. I'll yeah. say American Gangster. I like it, but it, could it be, is kind of mid tier. When you look back at it, I would go as far as saying, and some people are going to want to kill me, like that little girl in Mexico. But I am a man on fire. I'm not like I'm not like that high on man on fire. Also mid. It's mid tier. It takes a long time to get going. It's, it's mid tier. It's really hard to pick from these films via movie poster because all of the poster, uh, it's just one big. It's it's Denzel's face. You're just going off the posters. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going off the poster. Just title of movie, Denzel's Earlier face. he goes, you never see George Clooney put his face on a poster. I was like, Michael Clayton. Me and Matt were like, Michael Clayton. Right off the bat. I could think of a few more. Michael Three Clayton. Kings. Ziriana. Three Kings. The Browns receiver? No. <laughs> Michael Clayton. Yeah. What about, uh, the, what about the Equalizer family? All, the, all yes. the same film. I think the firstborn was pretty good, but then it was just a bunch yeah, of fuck-ups. Right, exactly. So I think uh, in, in aggregate... Yeah, kind of cancel out. Yeah, it's it's definitely mid tier. Yeah, Equalizer three is the type of movie that my dad's like. I want to see Equalizer three. Pretty good. My dad, <laughs> like movies, just I saw it. <laughs> he he's been traveling to the West Coast for so long with a DVD player that he'll watch anything. Like, I like anything. your dad's taste in movies. It's, it's pretty. It's, it's eclectic. Pre- it's eclectic. <laughs> All right, Deer well, Hunter guys. It's a rainy day. We've got kids age seven to, to 17 in the house let's watch deer hunter you guys want to watch lawrence the, of arabia <laughs> come on dad all right first of four in the manchurian candidate we'll tier. move through the manchurian candidates a little faster the atlanta falcons are at the tampa bay buccaneers it will be october 22nd on sunday and it will be just the second true road game for the falcons bucks look to bounce back after losing to the lions last week 22-6 i love Love 
love the Bucks. Here. Love the Bucks. Love the Bucks. It's I love them. I love them anyways. When you take into account what happened last week to them, I really love them because they floundered in that big spot. Yep. Um, and I think I think fucking Detroit's really good. So that's a, that's a tough spot for them. But if you want the Bucks to be a playoff team, those are the kind of games you got to show up bigger in. Uh, they missed their shots. You know that was it. I mean, like in a game like that, you miss your shots. You miss the pick backed up that got tipped. You saw that one? Yes, I did. Evans is gone, dude. Yeah, that's a touchdown. That's a ninety-five yard touchdown. Uh, they 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 missed him before the half. They missed in the beginning of the fourth. They can't run the ball. That's probably the biggest issue with this team. If you want to look at this team down the stretch, even if you get over the fact that it's Baker, which I think you know. I don't know. I'd rather have Baker than Desmond Ritter. I would too. Um, the issue with this team is they can't run the ball right now. And it's not like, it's kind of like they built this team without the expectation that they were going to be good. It's right. like they forgot how, how solid the bone structure on this team is. Like the bones are good on this team. They're built up front. They're playing stingy defense in both phases. Fucking, uh, the offensive line protects well. They're a good unit. They've got a Bonafide number one. Before the season, Todd Bowles had best odds to be first coach fired. Now he looks Same thing with Ron secure. Rivera, right? Yeah. He's up there. Yeah, and there. Looks, there. looks pretty secure in my left foot. It, punting with 11 minutes to go, down 14, down 14. Fourth and two. I mentioned that on Monday. I've thought about you. For fuck's sake, Todd Bowles. I mean, Todd Bowles is going to Todd Bowles, but this, they don't have like a... Okay, and this might be unfair. This is just observational. But when the run game doesn't get going, I like to look at like quick game options outside... You know, like I like to look at gadgety type guys, which by the way, Nicole Hardman, he's gonna be their gadget guy. Like that's a big deal that they have a dependable gadget guy. You have Zay Flowers in Baltimore. You have these these shifty little guys. You can get the ball on the perimeter and like your run game, it's like a it's like an Oklahoma drill with three little guys. Like that's the way I think of it. You know, it's like one on one, receiver blocking up a DB, let's get the run game going out here. And they can't do that because again, the team's not built this way. And so Tons of RPO, this is really telling, top 10 in RPO, uh, percentage, usage, but bottom five in returns. That is because of the run game. You're not moving people's eyes. You know, you think about the RPO, you want to manipulate second level defenders' eyes. Open up windows in the passing game. They're not able to do that because the run game stinks. And so last week, their average third down was third and seven plus. So this is a week you can't live there. They're 26th in motion. But it all comes down to Desmond Ritter. And this is like the thing where it's like you keep putting candy outside your door on Halloween. I'm going to come back and take some more. You know, I'm just going to keep coming back. And so as much as I like the Falcons, the other day I talked about this. If I had to, to pencil somebody in for that last playoff spot in Atlanta, this is assuming that Arthur Smith has any autonomy at all in making this decision. I feel like it's the Falcons. But what has to happen is Desmond Ritter has to play a lot better, or Taylor Heineke's got to enter the game. So I like them. I like their chances for the playoffs. The reason I'm so hard on Desmond Ritter is because the team is good enough to win. If Desmond Ritter were on a bad team right now, I would say, yeah, play it out. Let the guy develop. But he was supposed to be a veteran presence. And for a couple weeks, we were talking about turnover-worthy plays, and people were like, what is that stat even? Second half of of the London game. Second half of uh, the Washington game. That's what that stat is. Those are turnover-worthy plays, and people are catching the fucking ball now. So I'm worried about that part of it for the Falcons. The Bucks defense, good in both phases. And to make it even worse, Ritter 21st against the Blitz, 20th against man coverage. It's just not a great matchup. 
Now, if they go in there and win this game, I'll be impressed. I'm a big body language guy, and when you're not playing well on the field, you better you better act like you're you know disappointed or doing something yeah. or, you know into the game still. And Ritter does not give that. He he looks lost. He's arguing with people. It seems like people yeah. are yelling at him. Even when you just look at that, that alone, it's like you you can tell there's something there's a disconnect there in some capacity beyond even just the, the play on football. You go to Taylor Heineke, you got a rally charge, yes. now, you know, because everybody plays for that kid. You can tell it's like you on the mound. That's right. You know, That's you're right. Taylor Heineke on the mound. You got I'm Aiden Ritter going down back to the warning track. People are like, I'm not catching this ball. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is like, fuck this shit. Uh, but no, I mean, like. You're right. There is a magnetism about Taylor Heineke. I don't want to. I don't want to say that Desmond, his teammates, don't like him. I think he's actually very likable. I think for Arthur Blank or whoever's making the decision, they really want this kid to succeed. But how long are you willing to forego a chance to be, you know, like a team that can slide in the playoffs? Tampa Bay's three wins are against teams with a combined record of six and twelve. They're favored by two and a half. This is the lowest total of the week, thirty-seven points. Usually, you see a total like that, you just hammer it. Hammer the under. Hammer the under. Undertaker here. The Washington Commanders are at the New York Giants. First of two meetings in a month for these two. The total's 39 in that game. Both these teams have low floors and like eight-foot ceilings. Oh, commies are good. Nah, yeah, the commies have a Bills floor that was pretty ugly, but like that was they had the Bills flu that week, and the Bills don't exist anymore in that. You got something as eight-foot ceilings, Kingston? No, I think eight foot ceilings is fine. Yeah. The floor, though, for the commanders is a little bit higher than the Giants' floor. Like, you have like an English basement. You can't even sell that anymore. Hey, they both have low floors. Okay. That's all I said. Nobody needs a basement that's outside. See the Giants? In 2023. Giants' first team in NFL history to uh, finish both halves on the one yard line last week. <laughs> that was pretty that's an awesome. Un- unconfirmed stat. Call me AOC because I love the commies this week. <laughs> I love the commies. Every week, I love the commies. I can't quit this team. And I'm an eagle, right? I should hate these guys. Sam Howell, I fell in love with the kid ever since I, the ACC refs robbed him against Wake Forest circa 2020, in one of these games that I bet him. And I was like, this kid's pretty good. Yeah. And then I was like, he's not going to be very good in the pros. But he's like mini Brett Favre out there. But my he, man... He takes chances. He struggles against the blitz. Exactly. He struggles against the blitz. If there's any hope for you guys, it's blitzing this motherfucker. Because Wink, Wink Martindale sat on his hands for the entire game last week and did something totally different. Like he was probably as uncomfortable as when, like, you know, uh, your wife takes you out to dinner with like her friends from tennis. Now, actually, I like my wife's tennis friends, but most guys probably struggle in that situation. Wink Martindale was sitting there just chewing his food listening to people talk about their kids and shit. He wanted to be at the bar, but it worked out. He really gave them a chance in that, in, in that game. This week, he gets to go back to being wink. He is so horny right now. He's like a guy who just got home from war, mm. and he's looking, to, he's looking to just unload, and he's going to unload on Tyrod Taylor. And Tyrod Taylor now... <laughs> He's going to unload on his own quarterback? No, uh, Sam Howell. Okay. He's going right. to unload on Sam Howell. He's going to unload on Sam Howell. I should friendly be getting fire. T- friendly I sh- fire. I should be getting... T- yeah, like Tyrod's like walking out to the field like, oh, whoa. Um, he's he's going to unload on Sam Howell. And, and talking about Tyrod Taylor, is there a difference between him and Daniel Jones right now? Yeah, Tyrod's a bit better. <laughs> Look, where did we get here? Better manager of the game. Until he checks to a run before well, the half. I think, you know, like, so and he's a veteran, dude. So, and I think he's a really smart player. But 
fucking Brian Dable might lose his top this year. And by the way, since 2019, six of eight of these games, one score games, they're they're a lot of fun, yeah. uh, including one tie. Daniel Jones was up on up and Adams this week, still feeling symptoms of that neck. Um, so I think I think the one thing you, you gotta love if you're a Giants fan, the Giants, as bad as they've been, have played chippy in every game. They really want to win. And that's saying something. Okereke. But you gotta avoid Okereke, uh the uh, Blackburn. Who's the other linebacker? Not Blackburn. Uh, McFadden. McFadden. Just mixing them up with white guys. Um, you know, I I think we've barely scratched the surface with how chippy some of these games could be because this is, we're not even in the division part of the schedule. So this is gonna be a lot of fun. Can you block the D line? That's it. They're dead last and pressures allowed. I like the Commanders. Don't overthink it. They probably lose this game because I just said that. Well, the quarterback is on pace to be sacked an NFL record 96 times, and they were outgained 402 to 193 last week it's by the Atlanta good. Falcons. It's not good. Not great. No, it's not good. No, it's not good. The Cleveland but Browns. But I like the Commanders. I like the Commanders. Go Giants. Browns are under. The I lean maybe under. Browns are at the Colts. It's P.J. Walker and Gardner Minshew. Courage under fire game because Minshew's got to fucking put his big boy pants on and hope for the best. I, I, this is a line that I can't figure out. Where's the line sitting right now? Because early in the week it was like two and a half. Two rounds favored by two and a half. I might buy to that three points and fuck with the Colts because there's no reason this game should be so. I mean, after what happened at the Colts last week, they just got they they got run through by the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. You talk about that run game; they were big on the misdirection stuff, motion. The fancy's going to play with these guys' eyes. They have to have better eye discipline. Uh, but more than anything, Minshew had a really bad week. He gave the ball to the other team. Just don't make those mistakes, okay? Uh, and then P.J. Walker, I just want to say this. I trust the guy. Like, I really do. When you look at P.J. Walker's body of work, I know he has that, like, arena league, you know, stigma. You're like, oh, he must not. Bro, this guy can play. He has been a bona fide spot starter in the NFL it's it's not unlike Tyrod. Tyrod has a really good record. I think he's better than Tyrod. An arena league experience is valuable. It's quick moving. Yeah, and this game is going to be quick moving, uh, but not for him, for Gardner Minshew. I I just like this is your hope. If you if if this indie D line can step up, if you're indie, you just hope Batonio doesn't play because his backup just got placed on IR. Like that's a big deal. So don't know what to to make of this game. Absolute rock fight. We do have an update on the injury front. Deshaun Watson is practicing today. Oh, he's practicing. They huh. could be back. I might trust P.J. Walker more than I trust yeah. new Deshaun Watson. I don't think the line would move. I think it might move a point and a half, two points. If he plays, I bet it goes to four. Anyways, I, I wouldn't suggest betting this game. As I did on the show with Stanford Steve. You did? <laughs> Who'd you bet? Uh, on Cleveland? the Colts. Colts, good, good on the Colts. If you're gonna do it, bought that half point. You know, there we go. Great minds. The Buffalo Bills are at the New England Patriots. Bills looked a little sleepy last week, beating the Giants. Patriots look terrible every week. The Bills Patriots are got a script for Lunesta this year. <laughs> you got that right. I mean, fuck. I mean, you pointed this out earlier. We were talking about points per game. 34 points per game over the last four meetings between these two teams. So what's it going to take to beat this team if you're the Patriots? Like, I don't want to overthink this. It's a lot of points. It's a tough one for me. I, I don't know that I would actually bet this game. But maybe, just maybe, you bet Bills over team total. Yeah. Um, and I think it's pretty funny to me 
that Bill, just imagine Bill sitting in his office being like, how am I going to do this week? He's like, look at what Wink did last week. Fucking Wink Martindale. Don's an unserious person. And then he's like, I'm just going to do exactly what Wink Martindale (laughs) did. Like, you got the best coach of all time. Six months ago, people used to say that. I still believe it. Yep. Okay? And he's looking at Wink Martindale's game plan, uh, which was man up outside, leave defenders in the middle to play robber, to sit in those holes, and, you know, like, give yourself a chance. Uh, The Bills' offense has not played great lately. Um, And part of it last week was when they got into trouble spots, they didn't stick to the run game. I I would look at that this week. And I... I still would bet the team total. 24 and a half, pretty high. It is high, but how have teams been playing against the Pats? They look great. <laughs> look at those totals. I mean, I think the Raiders almost hit that. The Bills are, are not playing well offensively, but this is a get-well week. May, may I say something? You can say anything you want. I love Stephon Diggs. Oh, I love him. And I think the, the tantrums are genuine and good. He loves football. He, he loves win. winning. He wants to win. Yeah. But also, it's like I said after the Dolphins game, you know the hot crazy scale that people mm-hmm. talk about? Yes. Like, you know, I don't know how that axis works. My wife's hot and cool, so I don't have to worry about that. Mm. But hot crazy, especially when she's wearing the glasses, <laughs> hot crazy is like, it, it, it's Stefan Diggs. If, if you look at the tantrums, you're like, ah, I don't know. But like the hotness, he's not in the no-go zone. He's not in the danger zone. He's in the date zone. He might be in the wife zone. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Because <laughs> you're going down on this hot, crazy matrix. But if you're familiar with it, that's the way I think about wide receivers. They're all going to be a little crazy competitive, and they want to win. But for some of these receivers, it's purely about them. It's about their targets, about their touches. I believe Stephon Diggs is a great guy. He always wants the ball because he wants to help his team win because he's a fucking competitor, and I agree with you, Meg. Let me read you the top ten in receiving yards. As of right now. Yeah. Adam Thielen is 10th. I know. He's balling. Keenan Allen, 9. Nico Collins, 8 in Houston. Jamar Chase, 7. Justin Jefferson, 6. DJ Moore, 5. Puka Nakua, 4. Stephon Diggs, 3. A.J. Brown, 2. Tyreek Hill, How long does Puka hang around the top 10? Uh, Three weeks? Yeah, another another month. No Jamar Chase in there, huh? Jamar Chase, 7. 7, okay. Yeah, which shocked me a little bit. Uh, Because he's had some down weeks. He's still fucking, he's that dude. He's always open. He's 7'11". By the way, RIP to the 7-Eleven on Ivy Road yeah. here in Charlottesville. That was a but bummer. Countless years. pins of dip illegally there. Now yeah. that the whole thing's shutting down, it was nice because I think it used to get carted. Um, just a great one-stop shop for everything you need. No doubt. And it's always open. Yep. Not anymore. Except for now. Yeah. <laughs> always, always open. open Except for now. So it's boarded up. <laughs> Never so. again open. All right, we're into the uh, Tier 3, which is virtuosity for me. Virtuosity. Yeah, that's a good pick. <laughs> the virtuosity, about dear. I thought you were going to go remember the Titans. Uh, I don't really like remember the Titans, but virtuosity is a movie I have no interest in watching over again. Do you guys just watch every movie that's been made? Mm-mm. If it's got done, I haven't seen it, Casablanca. Okay. Uh, Queen Ma- Country. Didn't care for that one. Magnificent Seven was not good. All right, let's let's Preacher's get through these virtuosity sucks. games. Let's get through these virtuosity. Right, we got games Packers at Cubs. Broncos. Packers favored by one total, forty-five. Combined records are three and eight. Feels like a big old game for Jordan Love, as most quarterbacks are expected to feast on this. 
Yeah, defense. yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you've had a long stretch of time to prepare. It felt like two years ago they got run out of the gym by Detroit. LaFleur's a good coach. Jordan Love, I think, can be a good quarterback, but this is a big one. This is the league's worst defense. Expect to see uh, you know, the Packers firing on hopefully all cylinders. Don't come off the bye slow. They've started slow in games. Well, listen. Aaron Jones practiced a little bit on Wednesday. Yeah. It's a hamstring. A.J. Dillon is a great number two back. He's a great change of pace back. I feel but like he's when in the doghouse. When you're trotting him out there for three downs, he just doesn't have that pop. I feel like he's in the doghouse. That's my only explanation. So Green Bay, really good passing defense. Broncos haven't run the ball well. I like Green Bay here. And Broncos are catching one at home. This doesn't seem trappy from Vegas. It's just like pick your poison, you sick son of a bitch. Enjoy the game. Packers Sorry, coming off the bye, right? So they should have a little extra rest. Yeah, no question. Broncos averaging more passing yards and rushing yards than the Green Bay Packers. Wild. Wild. The Cardinals are at the Seahawks. Seahawks let one get away in Cincy, and now they face one of the grittiest one in five teams that other side of the Mississippi. This spot could turn Geno into a pumpkin. You know, not the call back to the quote last week, but like the Cinderella thing. You know, last week it kind of felt like this is a really big spot. He didn't show up in the second half. I, I love Geno Smith, but like he can't put two stinkers together in a row. This has to be a get well week for them. Metcalf says he's not going to change the way he plays. I think that quote got taken out of context a lot. Like people were like, how about the penalties? He's like, I'm not going to change the way I play. And then they put it in big quotes and it sounds like he's like, fuck my mistakes. That's not how it works. I think Metcalf is going to have a better game. He's going to get the run game going. Uh, no interceptions like last week. I think the interesting thing here is Kyler's got his 21-day practice window opened up. Oh. And you're like, what is this team doing? What do they want to do? I don't think they're competitive, obviously. I mean, they're competitive. Hats off to them. I think they want to trade him. You know, I think the writing's on the wall. So how do you make him look as good as possible and not damage your asset? It's not trotting him out this week. Obviously, it's not trotting him out next week. That's the Ravens. It's not trotting him out the week after. That's the Browns. You want to wait until you get a little lull in the schedule and he's completely healthy and you play him. Or just practice footage, you know? Practice footage. I don't think you play him at all. You risk him coming in being bad, coming in getting injured, damaging your trade asset. Isn't there a contract situation with him too? I'd play him against a cupcake and then ship him out of town. Over, Over the past month, Geno Smith is 32nd in the NFL in passer rating at 81.5. That's what I'm saying. It kind of feels like, like he's turning into a pumpkin. Clock strikes midnight. You know, I'm not just saying that because of last week. It's just a sense I'm getting. Hopefully he's not coming back down to earth and proving why he was kind of thought of as a bridge in Seattle. And yet, could be 33-7 Seahawks. Seahawks, good team. Could be. Really I, I team. put them, again, I put them in that tier with maybe just below Detroit and Dallas. You know, they're a really good team in the NFC. The Raiders are at the Bears, probably Hoyer and Badgent. Yeah, I, I watched all Badgent's throws because some of the Bears fans were like, he looked all right. And I was like, no, I didn't. Yeah. It's not, not going to be enough. Um, if I was to pick who I trust more, uh, the Hoyer slash um, uh, Aiden, O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell thing, who we thought was Kevin O'Connell's nephew when we <laughs> interviewed him. Did I ever tell you about those? No. Oh. Somebody in here told me that he was maybe related to Kevin O'Connell, and I finished the interview, and I was like, all right, coach, what happens? 
when you go to the Super Bowl and Jimmy G gets dinged and it's Aiden O'Connell versus Kevin O'Connell, what are you doing? He was like, uh, heating him up? <laughs> Their PR guy emailed me. He was like, hey, just so you know, there's no relation between those guys. Coach O'Connell thought you might have been confused. Oh, I'm such a moron. Um, anyways, I trust Aiden O'Connell and Hoyer over I trust, you know, Bajan. Yeah. So I didn't even know who he was. He was from Shepherd or Shippensburg? Yeah, Shep- or Shepherd. Shepherdsburg. Uh, reports, Bajan. Reports are that Aiden O'Connell will start. Yeah, I like oh. Aiden O'Connell. I like okay. Aiden O'Connell. Also related to a, a head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. Uh, Bajan stops his feet and stares people down. That was my note. I mean, he just his feet are like in cement, and he's looking right where he wants to throw the ball. I don't know if this is the week for the Bears. Max? I like the under. 37 and a half, I like the under. You seem to like unders. I love unders. Yeah, is look there at an the over? click there. Look is there at an the, over you like? Look at the click. Let's possibly uh, possibly Chiefs, um, the overs. I like Chiefs, Kansas City maybe, or Chiefs, um, LA maybe. And I kind of like Pittsburgh, LA, depending on how low that total gets. Okay. Yeah. Max Crosby has been in for all of the team's defensive plays over the past three games. Man, he's a throwback. That's what it used to be like. Every now single Now everybody's one. fucking rotating. This guy is a fucking throwback. Love him. That's a slight. Here's Brandon Cooks. Whatever you're looking forward to this football season, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment. An ice-cold Miller Lite. Whether you're at the stadium playing fantasy football or watching the game at home or at the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. From kickoff till the clock runs out, you can't go wrong with a Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like beer? Uh, When I go to Dirty Nelly's uh, and I pull up to the bar, they got my cold Miller Lite right there waiting for me. I head over to the corner, I look at that little TV, and I just sink into my chair and I think it it couldn't be better. It's got only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories, important for me. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard, you feel it in your heart. Make it Miller time all season long. Get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash GreenLight. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. Game day is the perfect pizza day. So make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. To have your NFL game day covered, choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. It's a pizza pizza win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery for our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, order your Little Caesars, and enjoy during the games. All right, welcome to the show, a guy that I, I got a lot of respect for, man. All he's done is produce in the NFL. Uh, and if you add up the draft picks that people have gone and gotten him with, it's like a whole draft full of capital. That's how valuable he is. Uh, Brandon Cooks, of course, is the man, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Welcome to the show, dude. Man, I appreciate it. Big fan. Thanks for having me. 
Hey, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I know you got the bye week coming up, so there's a little time to to kind of to kind of relax a little bit before we hit the Cowboys. I know you're an Oregon State guy. Yeah. And I had a question. I, I don't know if you saw what Johnny Hecker did this weekend. He got a little he got a little pissed off and he shoved the guy and got a 15 yard penalty. Have you ever seen Johnny Hecker lose his cool you, like you that? You know what? The fact that you just said that, I would have said false. If we were playing a game of true or false, I did not <laughs> see. True. I've never seen Heck get upset like that. So to hear about that, something really had to happen. I think it's just playing for the Panthers right now, but he uh they're pushing him to his limit, man. He 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 pushed somebody. I think they sold it a little bit. Yeah. And he ended up with a 15-yarder. Okay, so that's my first thing. My second thing would be who's who's your favorite all-time Oregon State Beaver? Oh, James Rogers, without a doubt. James wow. Rogers. Yeah. I got a lot okay. of respect for James. Just I mean, really honestly, to be honest with you, the Rogers brothers is probably the reason why I went to Oregon State. Smaller guys, success in the pro style system. Um, I believe, in my in my opinion, at least in my era, James Rogers and his brother Quiz changed the game uh, for Oregon State. Hell yeah, dude! Those are some names I hadn't heard in a while, and and absolute stars in their own right. And I, it was funny I was reading about you, man, and you seem like a guy who really. And I feel like I was the same way. Like I, I wanted to put myself in the best position to win first, like above the money, above, right. you know, a lot, a lot of the other stuff. It's the opportunity to produce in a system that's good for you. And, like, I didn't know you had committed to UCLA, and I think you looked at the offense and you were like, it's not for me. Yeah. You know, Oregon State, that's yeah. more fitting. Were, were coaches impressed with your kind of football IQ Man, in the I, beginning? Man, I, I look back at that, and, and I thank my brothers, right, my older brothers. Um, but you're absolutely right. I looked at him and I don't know if this system is producing skilled guys in the league often at that time for UCLA. And then I looked at, you know, Coach Riley being in the pros for a while, running the pro style system in college already. I'm like, uh, this might be the best fit for me. College town, I just want to stay focused, help produce, and then obviously, you know, ultimate goal is to make it to the NFL. It seemed like I got a lot of receivers just came out of there and a lot of skilled guys. So. I think when I made that decision for that reason, even talking to Riley this day, he goes, I don't know how you were thinking about that, um, you know, as a high school kid, but, you know, bless it, I was, you know. Yeah, and it's funny because the ironic part is, like, that's the last time you really got to make decisions for yourself. You've been you've been traded from team to team, and I yeah. think, like, for, for a lot of people, the reaction's always been, like, I don't get why somebody wouldn't want a Brandon Cooks on his team, but I think in most cases, because somebody really wants a Brandon Cooks on their yeah. team on the other end of it, so do you look at that as a positive that people yeah. are coming to get you? Yeah, no, I, I do, Chris, because, you know, it's like, hey, have I been cut five times or have I been traded five times, right? And uh, to be able to be wanted like that, you know, going for first-round picks, you know, for the first couple of times, um, you know, for whatever reason. But I look for it more as a positive. I got to play, in my opinion, for arguably the greatest coach of all time, two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um I just looked at it as a journey to continue to learn football and continue to get better uh, over my years on being different teams. Is it is it hard to pick up new offenses in the NFL for somebody nah, like you who's nah, been around nah. a long time? It's not as hard as people nah. think. Like, like if Julio Jones got traded this week, I'm not yeah. saying you know if he's going to play or not, like me being an Eagles fan, you know, what whatever he has left in the tank, like if you get traded on a Wednesday, can you learn that offense in four days and go out and play? I, I know I can, and I and I, and I, I think Julio can. I mean, he's been around the game long enough. A lot of the time, man, the concepts are so similar. It's really the terminology. And it's like anything, right? School, how how much do you want to study, right? 
yeah. you want to study a lot, you'll retain it fast. If not, then it takes it takes a guy a little longer time to be able to get that playbook down, in, in my opinion. Well, it's funny because like the other night watching y'all's game, McCarthy got caught with his play sheet facing out, and everybody's like, oh, my God. We're gonna know the whole Dallas offense, but it's just terminology. Yeah, yeah you know, that's it's all. like you're, if you don't know the, the the language, you're not gonna know the the offense. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You gotta you gotta be able to talk that same talk. You know, um, yeah. Which which co- which which coach or which quarterback really took you under their wing the most in one of these moves? I would say. I would say early on, really drew. Um, man, obviously that's where I was drafted to. Uh, so I, you know, I had those three years together with him, and really for him to be able to, uh, I mean, for me to learn from him. Um, you know, I stayed in San Diego every offseason just because of him. So I, I would say he took me under his wing the most because we had the most time together. You know, Tom being with Tom uh, for one year was awesome. Don't get me wrong, yeah. we spent a lot of time together in the film room. But as you know, you get to know your teammates the longer that you play with them. So I would definitely say Drew Brees uh, took me under his wing the most. So where you are right now, and I think this is an interesting deal because I watched Dak the other night. He took a lot of shit over the last two weeks, and I know he's mentally tough, and I I know he's a real good player, and you're going to have ups and downs as a quarterback in this league. But one thing I thought he did a great job the other night was extending plays. Yeah, It was like whenever you guys needed to have it, he was able to break the pocket and make those big throws. And a few of them were to you and um, some of the biggest plays of the game. I wonder how different that is because you, you've played with Brady, you've played with Goff, you've played with, with, with Breeze, most of them like kind of statues. And you know, you have a guy now that can extend plays. Take me inside of a wide receiver room when you have a guy like that. How much do you guys rep the extended plays and how much of a weapon is that to have Dak? Yeah, no, I think you hit it on the head. I think first and foremost, this generation of football is going towards quarterbacks that can move out the pocket. So to be able to have one in your offense as a receiver is huge. As you know, um, you know, your secondary is relying on that front to get home. But if that quarterback can extend the play, I don't care who you are, you're not going to be able to chase somebody around for three or four seconds, right? Uh, So to have that that nuance for me that I've really never had in my career, I think it's been huge because it's given me time to – you know, get open or get down the field. And we practice it a lot. You think about Coach McCarthy being with A-Rod. I mean, they, they, you know, they escaped the pocket a lot um, and had a lot of uh, extended plays. We call it scramble drill, right? Scramble drill. Um, in this league, especially in the red zone, you look at it and it's like most touchdowns, like I think it's like 80, 70-something percent come from scramble drill. It's just a part of the game. So it's huge to be able to have Dak be able to use his feet. You mentioned the red zone. Do you have any guess, and not even having to do with, with y'all's team, the Cowboys, because I haven't even looked at your red zone numbers, but, like, across the league, red zone numbers are down for offenses. Do you have any yeah, guesses I mean, you're why right. that might be? It's down for us, too. Uh, yeah. You know, I think last week we had our most success, in a sense, in the red zone than we had uh, all year. And I I wonder why, you know. Um, yeah. A little bit is probably what we're talking about, you know, you might probably need a quarterback to be able to use his feet. If you don't have a quarterback that can do that, I mean, this pass for us nowadays is so relentless. Uh, it's kind of tough, it seems like. But you are. I right. also feel it's a lot of young quarterbacks too, and yeah. a lot of a lot of the best quarterbacks have new coordinators. Yeah. You know, so there's an adjustment period. And yeah, you, now that you mentioned, I remember the Arizona game. You know, which is not y'all's favorite game on the schedule, but you're uh-huh. on to bigger and better things now. But like. That red zone was tough. It was like tough to get the ball in the end zone, and that's like such a key stat. I think the league, league average right now is sitting at fifty-one percent. 
So yeah. even if the team's having a bad year in the red zone, so is everybody else. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so here, here's I'm kind of curious about this. Like Mike McCarthy, great head coach, has called plays before, stepped out of the way for Kellen. This year he's like, it's my thing. How do you describe Mike McCarthy as a play caller and kind of his personality? Because you've had so many really good ones. I would I would say the biggest thing that comes to my mind is uh, the term pace of operation. Um, he likes to get going fast and not necessarily no huddle, right? But yeah, right, right. Uh, being able to get to the line fast, be able to use DMI disguise and mannerisms, be able to uh, you know get matchups or just see what the defense is doing. But that's the biggest thing I can say: pace of operation and play style is uh, is what I think about when I, I hear about Coach Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, calling plays. And on the defense, you know, like uh, an added bonus for you being there, I'm sure, is number one, your buddy Gilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you get to work against, who's who's a great dude, uh, and you get to work against, before Diggs was hurt, it was, you know, you're working against Diggs, you're working against Gilly, and then, like, Deron Bland, man, big player, man. Yeah, I was so, say, yeah. He's quiet, he ain't, ain't going to talk much. And, uh, you know, he's just down to earth. And, but you talk about a guy that shows up consistently, you know, this year, and he's just continued to get better. So it's, it's been fun going against this yeah, defensive back room, you know, throughout camp. I mean, it's definitely been sharp on our play uh, at the receiver position. It, as a receiver, um, do you need a variation? Like, as a pass rusher, we used to do one-on-ones, and I get the same yeah. guy every day. Yeah. You know, and so, like, styles make fights. And, you know, you, yeah. you might beat a guy a bunch, but I need to see different looks, like – as a receiver, is it good to see a lot of different guys lined up Absolutely. across from you in practice? Absolutely. Especially, you know, the DB position is so uh, – it's just changing in the sense where you got six-foot-three guys, you know, playing DB, six-four guys or shorter guys. So, for me, I like to be able to see guys my stature, but also uh, to be able to get a guy that's a little bit bigger in front of me, um, depending on the week, uh, you know, the game week, who we got. It's definitely helpful to be able to get those two different – different styles, uh, you know, weekend and week out of practice. Have you played Woolen yet? I think you, I mean, I don't know if you. Uh, you no, I haven't. We, we got yeah. him this year. We got him this yeah. year. Um, Who do you like the most, like, young corners in this game? I mean, we got some really good ones. And before uh, my guy went down, Diggs is, is, Diggs is special, man. Yeah, he's, he is special. Uh, his IQ is, is crazy. Um, but looking around the league, I would like to say uh, I like Patrick Sertan. I think yeah. I think he got an awesome game. I uh, got a lot of respect for his game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You think Diggs could get in in the wide receiver drills and look just like the rest of you guys? You know, man. Well, catching wise, no doubt. Yeah, I think he's been backpedaling long enough. I don't know if it's going to transition <laughs> anymore. <laughs> That's good. Give him a year, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, this is. Micah Parsons is one of the biggest badasses on the planet right now in cleats, and I just love watching him play. You also play with one of my my young boys, who's not so young anymore, Aaron Donald, who's yeah, that's legitimately the baddest dude on the planet, God. possibly. Yeah. Uh, and you've seen the stuff in practice where he where that 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 switch flips and some poor guard that y'all just signed didn't get the memo about not pushing him after the play. No. <laughs> uh, hey, but with Micah. He seems to have a great personality too, where like he brings energy, he brings juice, he's positive. I saw what he had to say after you guys lost that game yeah. against the Niners. Like that's the kind of guy you want as a leader. You know, your leader can't 
be negative all the time in no. bad spots. I mean, I think his personality doesn't get enough credit. No, I, I was I was about to say that. You know, when I got around him for the first time, I'm thinking, like you said, because that's the other guy that I see him in that picture, AD. Like, you know, AD serious, work ethic's crazy, going to come to work, do what he has to do. So I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to expect that from Micah, right, as far as the personality. But yeah. you get to Micah, he's just still a kid, right? Yeah, you know, Micah's, Micah's just having fun. Uh, just, just I call him a goofball. But when he yeah. crossed those, you know, those lines, like you said, that flip, you know, it switches for sure. Um, but like you said, man, you can't always be negative. There's a time, there's a time to be hard, but there's a time. Most of the time, you need that positive energy, especially for the younger guys that's around him, right? Um, to be able to lead in that aspect. So, got a lot of love for Mike, and I love to see his growth every day for sure. Yeah, he's awesome. And for you, I was thinking about this being a vet in the past and like late in my career. I did eight years in St. Louis, but then I started to switch teams a couple times and. When you're a vet like you or like me, who's, who was in the league 10 years, and guys respect you, and, I mean, your name rings bells. So when you walk into a building, I'm sure you're a leader in that building, but you got to find a way to lead on a new team, like, year yeah. after year. Has that been yeah. a process for you? Like, yeah. how do I interject? Yeah, from that aspect, you're right. You know, you get into a new building. Um, you learn a lot throughout your career, especially, you know, going on year 10. But you, you, you try to find that way, okay, how do I lead? that works for this team, right? Because um, like you said, guys got respect when you walk in the building for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to earn it. You know, you got to re-earn it every single time you enter a new building. And for me, it's mostly by example, uh, but definitely with the younger guys that I have in a receiver room, being able to help them grow, not just physically, but mentally as well. Um, like CD, freak of nature, right? Uh, he hasn't seen many years of ball. So how can I help him? you know, not make some of those mistakes I made early on. Uh, that's the way I think about it. Yeah. And and I just have to ask this. How much does Turpin weigh soaking wet? Look, look I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing right now I'm going to say 150 soaking wet. But the Bro, I had 145. Is the, like, I, there was a play the other night, and I saw him standing there, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Turpin. This guy's like somebody snuck on the field. Yeah, no. I, I mean, he's, he's smaller for sure. Small, yeah, but, but CD, see, I know he's a tough dude, but CD's made of concrete, bro. I've seen him go up to get a couple of these balls and land on that turf. I'm really impressed with his toughness. Yeah, no, no. CD's a, um, a dog for sure. He's he's a dog. All right, so let me ask you that. Speaking of dogs, I know who the biggest alpha on that defense is, but I kind of have a feeling I know the answer to this, but I want to hear what you had to say. Who is the second biggest alpha on that defense somebody not named micah parsons oh no no doubt gilmore oh i was gonna say tank i just like watching tank play well yeah no doubt no yeah he, he he's a dog yeah fair that's fair that's fair fair yeah. you know no gilly I, uh, what i love about gilly it's like i should more so say like a silent assassin you know he don't yeah. talk at all yeah like, he just mm -hmm. shows up to work and it's like, hey, listen, I'm going to guard your best guy. He can't do nothing about it. So yeah. I can see yeah. why you say Tank as well, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you had, you had Gilly and you had uh, Micah in that airplane, dude. What the, what the hell is going on with that? When did you get your pilot's license? Is it scary, yeah. the whole thing? Did those guys no. do all right in the back? No, they did fine. I mean, a little, their stomach got a little woozy. But, uh, you know, first-time flyers. I got, my, I got my pilot's license at the beginning of the last year. Uh, and, you know, living in the Northwest, man, it's so beautiful out oh. there. So, 
it's just one of those things that I want to be able to see the landscape in a different perspective. So, look, they trusted me. So, you know, I got a lot of respect for them. That's, that is a lot of trust for a guy who just got there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What kind of plane is it? It's a Sirius. It's called a Sirius SR22 Turbo. And for people that are watching, you know, that were maybe freaked out, it has a parachute. The plane is a parachute. God forbid um, something happens. You pull the parachute, pops open, and floats you down. Every person who's ever had to pull that parachute has walked away and went home. So the scare, the scary part is like the stall, right? Like on a lot of planes, if you stall yeah, yeah, up yeah. there, like you know, because I, I, I had a wild hair for like one summer, and I wanted to get one of those, those like bush planes, bro. I wanted oh, a Piper or a Cub or something. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. No. Okay, so I should get a Sirius. Sirius, yeah, if I ever serious. go that way. If you ever want to get up in the air, get, get you a Sirius, and it's pretty much the like the old heads like to say, like the old pilots, like so you pretty much flying a computer. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can barely work a computer, but I can maybe fly a computer. There's nobody in. There's nobody in the seat next to you. Just those no, two guys is, behind. You get a co-pilot. Yeah, you got a okay. co-pilot. Uh, he did no flying, but if I didn't know what I was doing or if something was going on, he would have definitely, t- uh, you know, had to take over. So we got a couple things in common, I think, because I was just doing a little research. I went on your Instagram, and the first picture, I go like, "Oh my god, dude." Is that a 67 Bronco? Six, wait. 67. 67. Hey, look at that guess, bro. I had, and it's beautiful color, by the way. Yeah, appreciate okay, it. Okay, so go, go, go to, you know, uh, Brandon Cook's Instagram. You can find it under Archer. And, and um, I had a 69. Okay. But I had a 69. It was blue. I got it. it I got it painted blue. I got it. It was like uh, banana yellow. And. Yeah. The problem I had with it was, and I'm a Bronco fanatic. I grew up driving a 95 Bronco. That was my my first truck in high school. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was blue. It wasn't the OJ. And so I had uh, I had uh, the 69, and the problem was, like, my eyes were right on the, the top of the, the windshield. Oh, yeah. You, you, you too tall. You too Yeah. <laughs> you too yeah, tall. dude. So I I'm, sold I'm about it. halfway down, so I'm, I'm doing pretty fine, you know, seeing through the windshield, but... Yeah, I can see you can have that problem for sure. That thing looks beautiful, dude. I sold mine to Jay Cutler of all people. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. And so uh, he's—I he, think he might still have it. But are there any other old trucks you like? You—you you got like a garage situation or what? No, I mean the biggest, the like oldest. I got the Bronco. Um, yeah, that—that—that's pretty much my old. And really, the reason why I got the Bronco because my wife actually grew up. Her her dad, uh, you know, built one. He's built. Uh, uh, each daughter one pretty much but she's the youngest so she you know she still has the weight because he's just finishing up her uh sister that's above her but for her 30th i know she's always wanted that and i'm like all right well we're gonna just skip the line go ahead that's pretty cool (laughs) that's pretty cool man great looking truck uh i might get a k5 blazer because that's that i think i can actually fit in one of k5s and they hold their value good too those and uh old school defenders are pretty sweet too the defenders are sick, yeah. but they just cost so much damn yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not real comfortable to sit in there. No, yeah. And you're driving a, like a wheelbarrow, just bumping them and everything. Exactly, dude. I got a. Um, I don't know if you know Toyotas at all. I'm like a big Toyota guy. Okay. No. I got a 1990 FJ62. It's like the Land Cruisers that came out in the early early gotcha. 90s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Things like a tank. I threw a Corvette engine in it, so I creep creep on people a little bit, but. Uh, but yeah, so I love old trucks. We could talk you, about that forever. Let me ask you: You hunt? Do you hunt? So I, I, 
my wife calls it turkey watching because okay. I don't really bag a lot of turkeys, but I like to get gotcha. out there in the spring. Uh, and then in the fall, man, I'm working so much. Like, I don't yeah. have time to get in a tree stand. And when I played, like, I'd come yeah. into work and Fletcher yeah. Cox, you know, my, one of my best buddies, I'd be like, where you been, man? You look tired. He's like, I was in that tree stand at <laughs> 5 in the morning. I'm like, bro, I wake up at 7.45 yeah. for an 8.05 meeting, bro. Like, yeah. I'm not getting up no. early to go hunting. No, I respect hats off to him because I don't know how you can do that. Yeah, no, no, no. But you are. Okay, so this is one thing I wanted to bring up. In 2016, you obviously your nickname's The Archer. Um, 2016, the NFL says, no more bow and arrow celebrations is too dangerous, which on the surface, I'm like, no, I don't think so. We used to have guys in the 90s. So I was a Panthers fan. Yeah. Okay? And they had a guy named Wesley Walls, and he used to skeet shoot in the end zone. Do you remember this whole thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's way easy. It's way better than that. And then on top of it, I was thinking about it for two seconds. You played in New England. What do they do every time to score a touchdown I, I, in New England? That was my first when they, They're shooting the, uh, what is it, the bayonets or whatever it is. The, I, the muskets. Yeah, the muskets, yes. Yep, yep. And that's okay? You yeah, got no, fucking the I bucks do cannons? In 16, when that happened, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I didn't even play for New England yet, but I knew they did that, right? So I'm writing back. I'm like, how is this too dangerous? I'm just shooting a bow and arrow, so, you know, because of my fate. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Hey, it's still a fine, right? At that time, so I'm like, all right. Well, I'm not gonna win this battle, but yeah, imaginary well, goal versus a, you know, a real N- life. NFL. <laughs> NFL. If you're listening, why do you let the guys shoot the muskets, but but cooks can't shoot the the bow and arrow? It could be. It, it might not even be like I don't know what you call it a live round. It might not even be a real. It, you might just no, be shooting a practice just, round. You know, practice rounds hit. Hitting, a, you know, maybe a soda can at the, the worst, but nothing, nothing more than that. <laughs> All right, good. So we'll put this social out and try to get the NFL to have a second look at that. Um, another thing, man, and like, don't get me, I didn't go to the Pro Bowl. Like, yeah. so I had multiple 10-sack seasons, you know, when I had really? vets or, I mean, early in my really, co- you never been to the Pro Bowl? No, dude. Wow. <laughs> so, so in early in my career... I had vets who were like, you know, back in the day, we had like older vets. I don't know if right. you're post CBA. I can't do the math right now, but like before oh. the new CBA, I had like four old dudes in my D line room, and they used to say, "You get that ten sacks, you're going across that water because that's where it used to." Oh, be. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And the only time I ever went across the water was to visit my brother. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the question I have for you is: Has it ever bothered you? Because to me. It's not a perfect process to tell you who can play and who can't. Obviously, I'm biased because my best years, I didn't get that recognition. Uh, and, you know, like you could be an alternate and never go. But if somebody gets hurt, then you go and they call you a pro bowl the rest of your career, right? Right. And that kind of bugged me. It didn't bug me when I was a player. Like I had 13 one year. I remember going to the movies with my wife because I was like, I don't care about the yeah. announcement of if I'm going to the pro bowl or not. We're sitting in the movies. I get a text that like Julius Peppers made it over you. He had eight or something. And I'm like, well, I can't really argue with that. It's Julius yeah. Peppers. But, right. you know, like, do you get bothered by that designation? Because I hate going on a radio show and they're like, stand out defensive end. I'm like, you know, like, yeah. it would be nice to have the tag. You know, you know you're right. I, I'm, I'll sit here and be lying to you if I said it, it's never bothered me. Uh, I would say more so for sure, like early on in that middle of the career, uh, it was like one year I went, for, you know, 1,200-plus yards, right? And 
I look at the roster, there's a you know a few guys, but then I look and I'm like, kind of like you just said, they they didn't have the stats that I had, right? Yeah. So what made them get over me? Um, and then even as an alternate, I'm like, you know, some guys went that year as an alternate. I'm like, the guy didn't even break a thousand that year, you know. Right. Uh, so what is it? Now, you know, granted, those two years where I felt like I was bothered, I did go to the Super Bowl, so I wouldn't have that, been that works out anyway. But like you said, to have that tag, you know, it'd be nice. Uh, but at this point, man, it's it's one of those things that you know I'm just gonna keep pushing, right? And, that, and yeah. that's all we can do. But early on, I, I would say, uh, you know, I paid attention to a little more. Well, from another guy without the title, man, you're a Pro Bowler to me. Whatever that that designation is bro like can you ball or can you not ball you've been a baller for a decade bro so um it is what it is i just wanted yeah. to, i wanted to ask if that bothered nah. you because it at times it doesn't bother me but then sometimes like like i said when they're introing me on something i'm like i couldn't get anything Damn, better than standard you know exactly dude um Ooh. all right so sean payton bill belichick sean mcveigh i think i know the answer to this it might surprise some people who had the toughest training camp Oh, uh, uh, Belichick, without a doubt. Really? Tougher than Sean? So I got, when I got to New England, I mean, sorry, New Orleans, we were done doing camp in New Orleans. We we were the team that started off the West Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah going up to West Virginia. 75 in the breeze, you know, golf courses lined around, you know, hotel. Mm -hmm. uh, so even from a workload, it could have been tough, but it, it, I, I never got that New Orleans humidity heat or anything like that and i know that's what a lot of guys say is the is the thing that really takes it over the toll did you play with james laronitis when he was there for a second yep i did that's my yeah dog. that's my dog dude uh, love james a lot of love for him our wives are uh pretty close they talk often uh and you talk about a great human being oh yeah. he's he's such a good guy one time i'll tell you this story because i don't think you've heard it but me and william hayes he was another defensive line with me we like to play pranks and we pulled James's car in the indoor one day, bubble wrapped the whole thing, and we got 2,000 crickets and, and let them loose in his truck, his Audi. The crickets crawled in the vent and died, and there was a smell that would not leave the truck. He had to sell his truck. He didn't even get me back. He is a true no, man of faith not, that would turn the other cheek no, and walk the walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that, that sounds about right. He's a great dude, but he's the one who told me, man, that that Sean Payton just—I mean, he works you down there. I mean, it's physical. No, he does. He does. He does. That heat, like anytime I'll have the heat, you know, it's pretty much a breeze. Yeah, you, yeah. As long as it's cool up there. <laughs> um, the fifty-four fifty-one game, man. I'll never forget this game in L.A. I mean, it's one of the the greatest offensive shows I've ever seen. Um, also, there was a game y'all played the Vikings that year. That I feel like it was there was oh, it was another Thursday night Thursday yeah. night yeah yep. hell of yep. a game hell yep. of a game, um, but I I can't help but ask like are you really happy for Jared Goff because like yes. he seems yes. like a great human being yes. and it seems like he was pretty soured on that whole deal by the time um, it felt like they wanted to run him out of there and you know how it is when somebody doesn't want you just give me somebody who does want me yeah yeah no when I, I I'm so happy for him because I man that guy can play. No doubt. But sometimes, you know, being there for so long, sometimes, like you just said, a new situation is best. And I think being there, you know, you know, with Dan, yeah, it was probably one of the best things for him. Got a lot of love for JG. You know, we were real close. We still talk. 
I'm definitely super happy to see him succeeding. Yeah. Um, especially, especially after the year they win the Super Bowl right away, uh, right. LA does. I just wanted to see him, you know, bounce back and and really uh, get to playing at a high level again. Dude, that's tough. I was trying to put myself in his shoes. It's like everything you take everything personal. It's hard not to. You know, it's a personal game. And when you leave and they win the Super Bowl, it's like it does feel like they're you know they're winning in spite of you. When that's not necessarily the case. No, uh, it ain't the case, right? You and, took Super Bowl with the fifth year or whatever, like. It's just it's what I, I even say. I haven't felt the burn myself, you know, because I was just well two years removed, but still, like, yeah. man, you know, yeah, no question. I mean, when we played you guys in New England, and and won, like the next year, we we well, that was the year for me that I was like, I better not lose this game because I just left here in free agency. I'm gonna feel like the biggest <laughs> dumbass on the planet, dude. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, it was the funniest thing about when golf left was, you know, Brock's my guy, Michael, yeah, yeah. and. Yeah his goofy ass and uh <laughs> we were in we got this group chat of all these old rams guys ad brock the whole crew mm-hmm. and the day after golf left brock had a quote that was like not the best it was kind of like oh we it got misconstrued he was like i'm really excited to have a, a real bona fide veteran right, quarterback right. in here and they kind of twisted around and say he didn't like golf the next day they traded his ass to detroit with jerry <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when I, oh, I, when I, I tell you, that. I remember oh. that because I, I didn't take it. I didn't think, you know, Brock was meaning anything wrong about it. it. But literally the next day, <laughs> his ass is in Detroit. And I'm like, well, y'all can go hash that one out, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's pretty damn funny. I, I'm yeah. glad you remember that. Um, yeah. So Dan Campbell, another guy. I don't know how well you know him. I asked yeah, Malcolm oh, yeah, about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked Malcolm about him because Malk played with him or played under him in New Orleans, and I know you were there. I think the guy's legit, like as a human being, and obviously people are finding that out over the last two years. When he got hired, did you know he was going to be like this? I knew right away. I, I didn't know the success was coming, but I knew right away that that energy that he brought every single day, he was going to bring it to the Lions, and that was going to change their culture from just having that. That that fight, that dog in, uh, in him, no doubt about it. I mean, that's that's just who he is. That's yeah. just who he is. Yeah, team plays that way too. Last question for Brandon Cooks, outstanding wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, one of my favorite guys to watch. Brandon Cooks, you got any goals for the rest of your career? I know around this time you start looking at it, you're like you look at what you've done. What do you still want to do? Obviously, I bet you want to win the big game, but are there yeah. individual yeah. goals for you? Yeah, well, like you said, that, that I just want some jewelry. I definitely want to win the big game. Being there twice and being on two, uh, still got that chip on my shoulder uh, from those games. And then just individually, man, I just want to keep, you know, continue to play at a high level. And whatever that, you know, consists of, uh, just got. I feel like I've got a lot of years left in the tank. And I just want to continue to lead, make plays. And contribute uh, to my team winning, uh, winning games for sure. Thanks for coming on, man. I'm I'm rooting for you every week, but the week you play those uh, guys in Philly, I, I, I take a break that week. But I I wish you so much success, man. You deserve it. Uh, I've enjoyed watching you play. Keep it up. All right, you guys. Appreciate it, Chris. Good talking to you, man. Appreciate you, B.